Welcome to the Best Picture cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I recently completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one. Each episode, myself and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who should have won podcast. We're here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie you think is trash, we encourage you to email us at bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. Also, you can get us on any of our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we're simply at Best Picture Cast. So Best Picture Cast on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And we are back again, episode 15. It is coming full circle here a little bit for episode 15. And I have with me two co-hosts who were the very first co-hosts to join me on this podcast. And this is the first time that they're here together. I'm super excited to have that. I will start by having episode one veteran introduce himself. And that is... RDB here. Hi, everyone. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, looking forward to discussing The Sound of Music. That's right. It is Sound of Music Week. And with us as well is star of Episode 2, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Hey, it's Joey R. Very excited to talk about this movie. And I think it's funny it took us so long for uh, three of us to do this together. Excited. I know. It is, it is wild because you, you, you guys are... Two of the first people I spoke to when we, you know, started the idea for this podcast, and uh, you guys were both on the ground floor and putting the pieces together and connecting the dots and making this happen. So it's uh, it's wild. It's not for any real reason that you guys haven't been on yet. It just has worked out that way, coincidentally. Yeah, excited to be here. Excited to talk with Joey. Yeah, and we are doing a sound of music, which is interesting because I have in Joey R, a big fan of musicals. Love it. We've done one already yeah. together and going my way. Won't be the last one. And I have <laughs> I have with me RDB, who is most certainly not a fan of musicals coming into this. Not a fan. Not no. a fan of musicals. And this will probably be the last musical episode he does, <laughs> but we don't know. You never know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe things will change. But uh, this week... Our Slumdog Millionaire episode dropped, and RDB, you joined me for that one. I think the reception's been pretty good. It just dropped a couple days ago. What were your thoughts with the release of it? I like it. I uh, listened to it. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Great movie. Glad to talk about it. I was expecting Rob R's hot takes to be a little hotter, but, uh, you know, to each his own. Well, tepid takes are, right? Well, tepid takes. <laughs> yeah. Bad was, takes. This was kind of one of the first ones where we had, uh, uh, with good fellas aside, where that was, wasn't really the Purposeful. topic of the episode. This was the first one where we had really two sides to the equation, where we had myself and, and Artie, who loves Slumdog Millionaire, consider it one of our favorite movies, and Rob, who watched it and just didn't like it. So it was it kind of was interesting. And I did have, uh, I did have one listener uh, message me today saying that he liked the flow of the episode where there were two people who kind of dissented on the movie. As opposed to a love every letter to every yeah, movie, yeah. Or he said, you know, in the the Silence of the Lambs episode, Joey, which you three you hours of me, you and Chris high fiving each other, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, 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 he's he said something along the lines of, you know, at one point uh, the two co-hosts were just in a compliment fest. <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
going after each other. But it, yeah. hey, I mean, I you know I think the Silence of the Lambs episode is one of our best episodes. Yeah, personally. I think it was really good, and uh, I'm going to continue to compliment good points. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I and you know I think that I mean, when you're doing something like Silence of the Lambs, or right. when we get to Godfather, like it's it's tough to sit there and bash it. But I think that we picked little moments of Silence of the Lambs that were, where th- we, we took it to task as much as you could. I mean, listen, it's one of the best movies ever made. You know, right. Yeah. But, you know, we held it accountable where we needed to. Yes, I thought so, too. Just in a loving way. Right. And we plan on doing the same with this movie here. And that movie, of course, is 1965's The Sound of Music. So, last week we did a 1966 movie, A Man for All Seasons, and just... Coincidentally enough, we're the year earlier here in 1965. Sound of Music, Joey, this is one you've seen before? When I was younger, it's been a while. Um, my grandmother loved it. Mm-hmm. So I always watch it with her when I was very little. And then it went a while and I watched all the other musicals in the world for the past 30 years. <laughs> so I worked my way back to this guy. Circle of Wagons back to where I loved you started. It. And Artie, this is your first time seeing the movie, right? First time seeing the movie. Um... I know about it, and I know it's a musical, and I was honestly dreading watching it. Then I watched it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's very well shot, mm-hmm. uh, very well edited. Uh, the dialogue's awesome. The acting's awesome. Uh, it's, a couple songs are, you know, a little, eh. Aside from that, it's the songs are good. It's, it's good. It's really good. For a movie the length it was, to not be bored. Yeah. Yeah. Is... yeah, the runtime is definitely a little alarming. With this one, and when you first see it on on paper, and when I watched this, this is one of the I obviously saw it as a kid too. It was like what music teachers would throw it on in the you know when they got tired of teaching or something. They just wanted the kids hungover, to... hungover teachers, <laughs> right? So I obviously had seen you know parts of it or whatever, at least the main the main tracks when I was younger. But this was one of the last movies I watched when completing the Oscar Best Picture Movie list. I remember liking it a good deal. This is a year and a half ago and I watched it again this time and and I liked it again you know I definitely have some concerns to talk about you know this is not going to be this is not going to be one of those 10 out of 10 type of conversations because there's definitely some issues there but overall I I enjoyed it too and I think it belongs as a best picture winner I think it belongs on the AFI top 100 list where it stands but we'll get into that before we do let's talk about the beverages that we've taken along with us on this hike through the mountains Artie why don't you start off all right so I have a tendency to get a little too toasty by the end of these episodes so I am handicapping myself I guess you could say (laughs) by giving myself a two roads Lil heaven session IPA little lighter on the ABV, only 4.8%. Uh, Two Roads is a fantastic brewery, and their motto is... Connecticut Brewery. The, yeah. the Road Less Traveled. Like, really good beers. Great. Every, I like every beer I've ever had. Me too. They make the only sour beer I like. Their sours are great. Yeah. They have a couple that are very The brewery's good. right by the, the ferry there, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's in a cool a, spot. Yeah, very and cool. they have a whole secondary, like, experimental brewery where they do different things. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Joey, you have a, uh, a more of a frequent flyer for you. Yeah, I'm staying Montauk. I'm going Montauk Pilsner, which I think I was drinking on the Silence of the Lambs as well. I think you were too. Yeah, yeah I stay loyal. I'm, I'm a loyal drinker at this point <laughs> in my, my career. Yeah, so I also went with the Pilsner here, and Pilsners are not my favorite beers at all, but I figure since if I'm going to make Artie watch a musical, I might as well drink something that I don't normally like. And, you know, I, I could not find a beer from either Austria or Switzerland. 
So I had to get a little creative here to do it. So this movie starts off in the... Well, the after, after we see Maria on the mountains, we go to the Abbey. So I have Jack's Abbey Craft Lagers, which is a brewery in Massachusetts. And it's the Sunny Ridge Czech-style Pilsner. So it's a European-style sure. beer. So I got the continent, sort of. I got a, 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 different, a different continent's <laughs> version of that continent's beer. But... Nonetheless, that's what uh, I'm drinking today. Better than going German. That's right. <laughs> right. I thought that might have been yeah, more that, case with this one. Yeah, that would have been the wrong side. <laughs> Hair zaring. <laughs> so The Sound of Music, this is a movie for sure that has a legacy. I mean, it's a movie that I think that parents are still showing their kids. It's like a family movie. It was just recently redone on ABC. Carrie Underwood played Yeah, they did like one of those live... Live shows they do. Yeah, the live yeah. Uh, broadcast. Live plays. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. They did that like a year ago. It was good. Yeah, I didn't see yeah. it. You, you saw I watched it. it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, cool. I uh, love Carrie Underwood. That was, that was before I saw this, so I would have been like, oh. <laughs> Carrie Underwood in musicals, no. <laughs> uh, yes. yeah, a live musical on a Sunday on like oh, ABC. But yeah. no, it was, for what it was, it was good. Not much not to love about Carrie Underwood, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, uh, I think that we've gotten this thing kicked off the right way. Are we ready to deep dive? Do anyone else want to intro here with this? No, let's go. No, I do want to say, did you did you watch it with your daughters at all already? Or you you the whole family watched it. The whole family. The whole okay. family laid on the ground, made a bed on the ground, watched the whole movie. And, and awesome. everyone was into it? Olive was extremely bored by it. <laughs> really? However, That's today, one of the reasons I'm asking, because I'm wondering how like yeah. modern audience children will get taken in with it. But it's interesting, because today I threw it on just to like watch as much as I could before this started again, and I went upstairs and left it on, and every time I came down, she was watching it. Yeah, so it catches you, especially in the, so, the highlights of it. And the forcing her, probably pulling her in, right? Yeah, and forcing her to watch it versus her deciding right. to watch it. Standard, you know, child, child psychology. Right, right. Yeah. And we're also going to be talking Mary Poppins here, because the movies kind of go hand-in-hand hand with Julie Andrews winning for Mary Poppins, and then the next year, Sound of Music comes out. And one thing that I just I found very interesting, too, is that while they're filming Sound of Music... Mary Poppins hadn't come out yet. So this isn't it's like really a... really cool, yeah. It's not cause-effect. It's not like, oh, Mary Poppins was a hit. Let's do Sound of Music. And which she was so singing cool supercalifragilistic to the kids yeah. on the set of Sound of Music. They had no idea what it was. Mary Poppins wasn't yeah. out yet. Oh, wow. But she was yeah. just, you know, improv They thought she all made it up. Yeah, which is yeah. great. Very cool. But so it, it's kind of good to see these movies because the movie, there's definitely a lot of similarities between the two. And we'll talk, when we're done uh, wrapping up with Sound of Music, we'll talk about that. Artie is going to chime in on one of our three movie categories too we'll we'll just leave that there as a teaser is that something we'll do at the intermission so are we ready to deep dive i think everyone's let's ready do it here, right? ready to go let's do okay this. the year is 1965 and the president uh, for the second week in a row here is lyndon b johnson we get a double dose of lbj and a week two lbj i figure we'll throw a little lbj stat out there why not he's one of only four people to serve as president vice president member of the senate and member of the house of representatives so, only one of four people to be in all four main federal elective positions. Seems legit. The World Series. Like of course, how he became president wasn't necessarily the well, greatest circumstance. Shh! Don't go. <laughs> the World Series that year, it's the L.A. Dodgers defeating the Minnesota Twins in seven games. The MVP was Hall of Famer Sandy Koufax, who pitched a complete game shutout in Game 7 on two days rest. Not something you will see much anymore. This was the first World Series appearance 
for the Minnesota Twins. They had become the Twins four years prior when the Washington Senators moved to Minnesota in 1961. The Billboard number one song of the year is Wooly Bully. Wooly Bully. And it no, that, is... You just sang Money Money, yeah. but Wooly Bully <laughs> to Money Money. Okay, it's so, Wooly uh, Bully. Wooly Bully. Thank you. Thank you for that. I do, I do get the two songs across. Come on, Wooly Bully. Come on. <laughs> and that's, that of course... That was the number one that year? That was the number one song of the year wow. on the Billboard end of year charts. Not a lot going on. So we... What, did everyone forget about music that year? <laughs> <laughs> Sound of Music came out. How was... And of course... Yeah, right? That's... Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs, who did that. Clearly. Obviously, everyone knows that. Now, that was the number one song of the year, despite never reaching number one on the weekly charts, which is kind of... So it's just like it held up at number two and three for the whole year. Yeah, it was just a a year-long It's collaborative ranking just made it. The song that spent the most weeks at number one that year is an RDB favorite, and that is... I Can't Get No Satisfaction oh, by the God. Rolling Stones. Oof, oof. Artie, do you want to go on a heel rant on the Rolling no, Stones? No, no, the ro- no. The ro- they suck, man. They're so bad. He just, he's he's already, he already hassled all the Paul McCartney fans last time, so we got to go after oh, the Rolling shit. Stones people, too. I like two Rolling Stones songs. That's it. Which two? Paint It Black. Okay. And uh, Don't Say Angie. No, no, no. I don't, I don't, uh, the Horses song. What the fuck is that? Horse? The Wild the Horses. Wild Horses. Okay. I really okay, like those okay. two songs. That's it. Otherwise, I have no time for that. Great Garth yeah. Brooks version of that song, too. The Best Picture winner of 1965, as already scowls at my country comments, is The Sound of Music. And The Sound of Music is based on Maria Van Trapp's memoir, The Story of the Von Trapp Family Singers. And it's also based on the stage musical book, by Howard Lindsay and Russell Krauss. It's directed by Robert Wise, a screenplay by Ernest Lehman, cinematography by Ted D. McCord, and the movie is starring Julie Andrews, Christopher Plummer, and Peggy Wood. The movie was nominated for 10 Oscars and won half of them, the winner of five Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director, Robert Wise. Best Musical Score, Erwin Costal. Best Sound. Best Film Editing. The other awards it was nominated for. Lead Actress, Julie Andrews. Supporting Actress, Peggy Wood. Cinematography, Ted D. McCord. Art Direction and Costume Design. So The Sound of Music was certainly a big hit that year. It follows a year where Mary Poppins is one of the top movies in 1964. And Julie Andrews wins that Best Actress Award comes into this one and main, its main competitor this year which is why it didn't win some of its technical awards is David Lean's Dr. Zhivago right. that kind of took its you know you, you look at a movie like Sound of Music and which is I mean I, I, I'll speak for myself but I think it's pretty phenomenal cinematography I mean, oh, the way yeah. the movie shot just I mean, it opens up it, incredible like I was I was like how do they do this without drones was one of my first thoughts I was so impressed off the bat you yeah. had to use helicopters. Not, yeah, but no. you know, I'm so used to drones and cheating. Oh, yeah. and that, yeah, like, yeah. actually, where yeah. it's a little shaky from the helicopter stands out at points. And yeah, it does. It definitely, definitely does. Like, you feel like you're in it, which was cool. It has the feel of an epic. It does. With, with all the huge mountains and the huge setting, and then they 
you know, the stories on a very small scale. It just has the feel of an epic. But it never feels small. Yeah, no, never. You always see mountains in the background or something. And the, the three times they're in the mountains, just they let you know how big and just expansive I love the way the opening scene starts because the first shot is huge. It's like, these are the Alps. Like, in general, these are all the Alps. Right. And then they zoom into, like, a few rocky mountains, and then they're like, oh, here's a green mountain, and, like, here's some water, and here's a village, and then here's some buildings, and then just slowly getting smaller and smaller until you get to Julie Andrews singing. I never knew that song was in the opening scene of the movie. A good choice there, too, in not hitting you over the head with the score right away. Right. You know, it could have... Yeah. It could, you could get your, your opening production clip, and then, boom, we get into the mountains, and then now this, the strings are going, and the, then the brass section's going. 100%. and we get, They start with... Yeah, with silence until they get closer and closer. Your little birds. She gets yep. into gear with you, it. You hear the world. You hear, yeah, you get closer and closer yeah. to the world, right? Right. Oddly enough, you know what the intro to this movie reminded me of a little bit? A movie that's very not similar at all to this. I know what you're going to say. Uh, Beauty and the Beast? No, well, Totally. Yes, European Vacation, yeah. of course. Dude, <laughs> it definitely the intro to this and Beauty and the Beast are. Yeah. And I think that that's not unintentional. I'm sure that's Even singing a song about, oh, she's so flighty. Yeah, and, right, I think that Beauty and the Beast probably is, is paying a little uh, definitely, homage yeah. to. Right. But I was thinking The Shining. Oh, one hundred. Where you get the pan up on yep. the mountains above the trees. It's, it's the just car. the reverse. It's like yeah. the reverse. Yeah, you know, and who would have thought you could... it goes up then out? Yeah, yeah. It, it starts off. It feels like a Sergio Leone movie. The opening shot being this vast landscape, and then it right. gets smaller and smaller. It's crazy. And who, who would have thought you could compare uh, Shining. Sound of Music and The Shining? Yeah, and right. on that note, you know, Artie will be giving us his three. Yeah horror movies, so yeah. there's a little tie in there, if nothing else. So, as Artie, you said, you, you didn't know that that song would be right in the opening scene. I never liked that song because I just picture, like, I don't know, I just had a, this bad prejudgment about this movie being this musical that I would never like, because I'm a guy, or whatever. And I, I'm watching this opening scene, I'm like, this is great, and then they cut to that song, and I'm like, this works. Like right. she, this, She's singing about the shots I just saw. Like, I get it. I feel this song now. It all fit in the context, and it made me like it. it. Totally made me do a 180. One of the cool things about doing this podcast with you guys that, that I enjoy the most is, of course, you know, we have fun talking about the Silence of the Lambs and One for the Cuckoo's Nest. Right. And when we get to it, Gladiator. And, the yeah. God, you know, all the, all the big hits that everybody has seen and everybody loves Departed, Artie, or when it's when we get to No Country for Old Men. The movies that, all the best picture winners that everybody knows. And everybody yeah. loves and talks about to death anyway. The right. fun part to me is, okay, Chris G., it's time to watch A Man for All Seasons. <laughs> and he's like, huh? And, you know, Grant, watch Rebecca. And... Artie, watch The Sound of Music, which is probably a movie you never would have turned on. I, it, I mean, maybe Asia could have put it on for one of the kids. If not for this podcast, I would have went my whole life never seeing this movie. When we get to The Godfather, Joey, you've never seen any never of The seen Godfather it. movies. I know we've mentioned this before, so you'll Definitely. be on there, so we'll have a, 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 a guinea pig. You made a face at me for not seeing Cocktail. You haven't seen <laughs> The Godfather? <laughs> These Godfathers built up expectations. It's harder to see at this point. Okay. That it lives up to it. I'm more anxious about seeing that. Cocktail. That's how I feel about cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> and Joey, if if, um, if you haven't surmised just from us kind of putting together, Joey's our, our resident scholar when it comes to these movies as far as preparation goes. He comes with a stack of notes. And I am super interested to see how big that stack will be come Godfather time. It'll be I mean, very I'm going to need some prep time. <laughs> I'm probably going to have PowerPoints. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We'll, we'll include an audio uh, uh, 
a PowerPoint for it. Right. So let's get to some of those notes. And I mentioned we're going to kind of do this thing in two parts as there is an intermission. And I love the fact that there's an intermission. I wish that most movies these days had intermission. I actually really enjoyed the intermission. Yeah, it's a nice little just take a breath, go to the bathroom, come back. I needed it, yeah. Like I I took my son for a quick walk, went outside, came back, got right back to it. It was great. Yeah. It was actually really nice. I didn't feel like I was... Because usually if I start a movie, I, fit, I like motivated to finish it. It was nice being given permission to kind of... Yeah, I think they should shit. bring back intermissions. I, I like them. I totally Me too. Agree. I, I'm fully in. Yeah, even with the two-hour movies, you know, give me an hour, intermission, right. another hour, boom. And, and you know what? It makes you got to work a little bit hard with the story. There has to be a point where it feels like, okay, this makes sense. Right. Because you right. could botch an intermission, put it in the wrong place, and then everybody's, it feels, you'd feel uncomfortable going into the next part yeah. because you right. feel anxious about it. So we talked about the cinematography to start this movie. The cinematography stays pretty strong throughout. Yeah. But I remember, like, I'm, I'm writing down the list of these, and I'm like, wait, it didn't win for cinematography? What the hell won for cinematography? And then, oh, it went up against David Lean. Okay. Yeah, yeah you're not... You're going up against cinematography against Team Lean. You're not. You're not right. taking that home. No Dr. Chance. Zhivago beat it out on some of its costume design ones too. Because you think a movie like this would be a, a, costume a design was the one I was super surprised about. Yeah, because yeah, I said the same thing with the cinematography yeah, in our direction too. Yeah. So the movie starts off with Marie on the you know singing the sound of music up on the mountains, and then we get into the uh, the nuns in the abbey, and the nuns are doing a nice a nice little gossip sesh. On Maria, and they're kind of dressing her down via song. I mean, right to start, my favorite quote was in here. Joey's got his quote right. Yeah, when one of the when the nun one of the nuns runs up to like the Reverend Mother, and she's like, "I lost Maria. I looked in all the unusual places, all the usual places. I'm sorry." And the Reverend Mother goes, "Well, it's Maria. You have to look in the unusual." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, this is a really good piece. We just see her in the wood, in the in the hills. We see her run back for her coat as she realizes she's late. So really, with all that, you get." You really know what's kind of coming from this woman. That they like her. They're kind of torn on her. Yeah. But she she flights, she flies her own tune. The song does a great job of developing her character well, before we really yeah. meet her. And I love this scene of the nun singing in the chamber. Because the choreography of what, their movements in sync yeah. and their spacing on screen... While singing is that throughout the movie is phenomenal, but they really just are like, this is what we're going to be doing during this. And movie. it's really good there because they're all wearing the same thing with that like cool old Abbey background, so yes. it really hits different. Where it's like, it's very impressively done. Singing. And they did yeah. a great job solving a problem like Maria. It's a really like what it, what it was they say like how do you nail down a cloud? How yeah. do you hold a wave? Yeah, like, yeah, keep a wave on the beach. Or keep something a wave like on the that. yeah. It's pin down yeah. a cloud, keep a wave on the beach. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then they're all like digging into her, and one of them's like, well, she makes me laugh. Which. <laughs> They're like, I like her, except when I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I got to ask you guys, are you currently working a job or have you ever worked a job where you think when you're not in the room, your co-worker, co-workers are breaking into song and roasting you? Via I, th- I think I get style? roasted when I'm not in the room. <laughs> have they organized it melodically, though? I wish they would. I would be, I mean, if, you know, how do we shut up Joey? <laughs> how do we solve the problem of Joey? <laughs> <laughs> I would be. I'm. I would fully support it. There's oh, nothing man. quite like a musical roast. I also like the casting of the nuns because when you have a bunch of women in habits, if they don't have distinguished faces, they just look the same. But you can tell the one that doesn't like her has this like big long face, and you know, obviously, Reverend Mother's much older, and that you can differentiate the nuns. Yeah, and I'll just start with. I'll. I'll do. I'll roll the first. 
punch here with this. It was we weren't going to get through this without bringing up Sister Act, I'm sure. Right. But I thought that was one of my favorite parts about Sister Act is that they did an unbelievable job of distinguishing the different nuns. Right. That made you really because right. that's a hard thing to do, like you said. Their personality without clothing. Right. Yeah, or hair. More, or hair. Yeah. Just face. Yeah. It's and, really hard. Yeah. Like, I, the person has to do it right. Especially Sorry. in like a three hour movie where you only cut to them like three right. or four times. Like you got to remember them. I love uh, it, the whole. Honestly, good. Funny you brought up Sister Act. The whole time watching that scene, I'm like, this scene inspired the whole movie Sister Act. Yeah. 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 Like, the, the woman even looks like the main nun. Reverend Mother even looks like the main nun from Sister Act. Yeah, I want to say we brought up Sister Act in our Going My Way episode, yeah, too. Yeah, sure. Sister... The same type of deal where the guy Sis, comes in... Yeah, we got Sister Act, yeah. Sister yeah. Act came up, I think, twice in... But the yeah. very underrated Going My Way episode. Yes, yeah, that was uh, that was the one, the only one we've done over the phone. Yeah, that, that was in the heart of uh, of us being locked down. Yeah. We've said it in the group chat, but when we come into these, we don't talk about the movies ahead of time, so our you know our uh, reactions are real. And yeah. going into that, I was like, oh man, I really like Going My Way, and I was like, all right, Kieran's probably going to think it was really dumb. <laughs> just, just you're not an idiot. You like this movie? Just fight for it. It's all right. And Kieran's thinking the same thing, and then it comes into it. We're both like, "Oh my god!" And as we're talking about, it, I'm like, "Yes, he liked it too." <laughs> well, I'll do, I'll never I'll never forget. Like our was our first three person episode was the Rebecca, Rebecca episode. We did not discuss it at all. And you and Grant had never nope. seen it. I had seen it once so long ago that I didn't even remember the plot of it. And we sat down in Grant's studio, the Grant's home base. We hit record and we're talking a little bit. And then Grant like complimented the movie, and Joey went, "So you liked it?" You know, like you could hear him just genuinely be like, "Oh, thank God!" You know, because like, we never quite know what's what right. getting into with this. Sometimes I think I'm a little too forgiving with movies, so I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not the only I'm one I get excited. Definitely guilty of that too. But so Maria busts through the door late as ever, which is something I've personally never done in my life. I'm a very yeah, punctual I As person. the song ends and she runs, when she, the, the face she gives them is just unbelievable. It's like, Julie, I, like, right then, if, you, if you've never seen Julie Andrews before, you're like, oh, I love this woman. Yeah. Because it's it was just I make so about once a week. It's like, why bother? <laughs> and after just getting the water, she's like, oh, they got me. You know what? I'm going to keep going. It it's was just I've, brilliant. I've already failed. They're obviously talking about me. <laughs> yes. they, Actually, they're singing choreographed about Oh, me. no. They're si they just finished the song. <laughs> they're in the third act stance. I think I've actually entered every BPC recording session that exact same way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Consistently 20 We're minutes late. Running in, splashing water on his face. It's like, let's go. Papers flying all over okay. the place. I just have to rewrite the intro real quick. Right. Oh, God. That was a tough one. <laughs> So Reverend Mother brings Maria into the old office and pretty much gives her the old, you know, pack your bags where we're reassigning you. You know, you've been sent off. To Good luck old, with your future endeavors. <laughs> yeah. Gives her a little intro on the old Van Trapp family. Seven kids, my lord. She's like, I kids. thought you liked kids. She's like, but seven? Yeah. The movie doesn't really dwell on how tragic that is. I mean, this guy is has seven kids with his wife his wife passes away I mean yeah they and, and the now he's is, what is the youngest three three yeah. seven, 16 to three yeah, and geez. they and they you know there's no music in the house now like that's kind of the extent it gives like clearly yeah. this man's super traumatized by it we get Maria now leaving and and we're yeah, I have confidence to, song, yeah, I have confidence which, song, which yeah I think a lot of our first experience well of that 
was Stewie Griffin. Stewie Griffin. Right. Seeing the Eye yeah. of Confidence. But yeah. And we're, we're definitely going to go through all the Family Guy references here. This the amount of Family Guy. It's, uh, I think it's Seth MacFarlane's favorite movie. Yeah. I mean, you right. couldn't he, tell. Yeah. <laughs> 14 times in Family Guy. I, 14 episodes. Is Stewie's, Austri- is Stewie's accent Austrian? Like, because of just the yeah, movie takes place in I Austria? I'm Liesel. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> But in the I Am Confidence song, when Julie Andrews falls in the courtyard, that was not scripted. Yeah, but there's they a loved lot it. of like there's goofy, a lot of that. Yeah, yeah there's a lot oh, of. Oh wow, really? Yeah, but it they loved it so, so perfect. He left a lot of outtakes. Yeah, in it, oh, just because it kind of left to the it, natural. Yeah, field. there's a few, and that one I think that one's so good. She's singing about having confidence and just absolutely eat shit in the courtyard. I, I, yeah, like I thought so, it was deliberate. I didn't know that. It, it fits the character. Yeah. it fits the way the character's being developed. It fits with the song. Like it's so good. It's, I remember being like, "That was that was pretty smart and clever to put that in there." Now so, I'm not. It wasn't even deliberate. Julie Andrews is such a good actress. She botches the right thing. She's yeah, let's, so good. Let's talk about Julie Andrews' performance in this. And we're, we're we, like I said, we're going to talk about Mary Poppins later too. There's not a whole lot of figures like this in in cinema history. I mean, she really. This is kind of a this one two performance of Mary Poppins in the next year. Yeah, sound of music I mean, is pretty incredible. Four full. Um, transparency. Artie and I were talking about this last night. Like, who do we even compare her yeah. to? I can't think of one person. Everyone we came to was, we kind of each threw out one or two, and it was like, yeah, but. Yeah. There was always something missing where it's just. It didn't feel right. There's, there's, she's, it's, she's so talented. And, and she's unbelievably charismatic. And yeah. then super talented. Yeah. And a really good actress. Beautiful. 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 Oh, yeah. Despite Absolutely. the Justin Bieber haircut she's working through in this movie, but it's... Uh, it somehow she, works with her. Yeah. It has no reason. She makes it work. Like, big, not like Mary Poppins is a super attractive outfit either. But, right. But, you know, she's... But, uh, I don't know. But... I, like I feel like they cut that they gave her that like bob haircut to try to like yeah. you know oh she's trying to be a nun she's not trying to be attractive and she's still beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. that was one of the things because Artie I know the task of giving you a musical would be challenging you know I, and you had said because your wife likes it, it you were probably going to be in a good environment to watch the movie and, and be in the right headspace with it but I the one thing that I had confidence with in this was is that Julie Andrews is dislike she's right. a super tough dislike and she yeah. get that right as the movie starts yeah she, I mean, she brings you in that first scene all right even if you want to roll your eyes at the singing when she starts running and then has to turn back and looks annoyed for her coat it's the most charming thing like i've like could imagine and it's yeah. so stupid but you can't teach someone to do that they have to know they just have to be that person yes it's an acting style that she she acts like a very charismatic just lead actor like the even when she's talking, when she first meets, I don't want to jump ahead, but when she first meets the captain, like, their rapport seems right. very natural. Right. And that's not something that the director's like, okay, act natural. She is doing that. She can, she's talented. She's really good. Yeah, I mean, even further into her, before Mary Poppins, uh, My Fair Lady, she invented that role in Broadway. Mm-hmm. And that, that, was beca- that was because of her. And we'll get more into it with the Mary Poppins stuff. But she almost turned down Mary Poppins because she thought she was going to get the movie role. Right, yeah. for, my, for My Fair Lady. Yeah, but right. they gave it to Catherine Hepburn, so then she was able to go... Audrey Hepburn. Your, Audrey Hepburn, sorry. Nope. And, and My Fair Lady, which is uh, an episode we'll have in the future because it beat Mary Poppins, and yeah. that's kind of tough to swallow. I don't, you know... I actually... I don't, I'm fully on board with it. Wow, okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, my Fair I, Lady. I, I think Poppins is a, is a superior movie to My Fair Lady. I have not seen My Fair Lady. I saw My Fair Lady in college, and I really liked it. I saw it in, like... I saw it in, I took, like, a, a movie class or something with some, like, 23-year-old grad student teaching it. And wow. So well, she that will that have great. to be one I have you on for yeah, because I that's actually, on on the lower end of my 92 list. I don't – I, sure, I so. mean, yeah, I mean, that's not making the top ten for me, but I do yeah. – uh, 
over Mary You'll Poppins. I'm fully on board with that. One. Okay, yeah. cool. Artie, you alluded to Maria meeting the captain here, and that's where she is now. She gets pulled into the house. The shot of the stairs in the living room from the door to the stairs, the symmetry in that shot, and it's a shot that we'll see again throughout the movie because in a couple of the main scenes they use it. Very, again, great cinematography and a great choice for mm-hmm. for it was nominated for set direction very very great scene you see her in the in the ballroom and then she gets scolded you know yeah. learn there's rooms that you are not allowed or he says yeah. more eloquently must not be disturbed there must not be disturbed there are rules yes. and then he has then he pulls out his dog whistle for his children yeah oh, we meet the captain hysterical. and he's got a different a different whistle tone for each yeah. for each kid this is your when she then said when he hands her the whistle and she goes well, what whistle sound for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you are this. I love it so much. But I also love to... We meet all the kids. We meet all seven kids. The quick steps back and forth. Yeah, right. But I love that scene. I am Liesl, and I do not need a governess. Yeah, yeah. I'm impossible. Who told you that? I'm incorrigible. I like when she's like... He leaves, and she's like, all right, at ease. And they literally go to the military at ease position. She's like, okay, I thought you were going to actually relax. Very funny. Very, very... the one girl... Coming and reading the book, yeah. too, you know, just... Yeah, wandering in, and then yep. Gretel doesn't answer. Yep, it's, that's Gretel. <laughs> that's... Uh, she's uh, one of the best-casted characters in this to, in this movie. She's, like, I feel the like... The little, the little, the little Yeah, yeah I feel, like, I feel like there are movies... I think six of the seven kids were very good. Okay, uh, should we do this now? Well, I was just going to say, I think that... In future movies, people try to literally recast Gretel with like find a kid that's exactly yeah, like Gretel. I, yeah, Before we let's, as I, I do want to get into the, we'll, we'll go go through the, we'll, we'll address that the kid situation and the kid acting. I just loved when he does all the whistle signs <laughs> and he goes and hear how how I will dr- address you. It's it swears like it was like an outtake or something. He just like hits all the buttons on the whistle, just like. <laughs> It's, it reminded me of like an Eric Cartman move. Uh, yes. like it's, 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 and this is my towel call. Blah, 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 blah. This oh, is for God. Captain Pig. Yeah. <laughs> this is for Mr. Uh, Frog. Yeah, it's Clap Frog. And a great back and forth. Yeah. With, with and she's holding movies. her own right off the bat, even though she's nervous going in. But you know, she's she's right in there. You know, yeah, she's yeah. for the kids. Now, with, you said six of the seven kids. I felt the same way. I wonder if we have the same one. That, that oh, ri- oh, this is so. We're, we're, would you agree with? What, did you like them all? There, there was not one kid who stood out as particularly bad. Um, I didn't mind any of them actually. Okay, what? Who was your seventh one? I think Louisa could get the fuck out of this movie. Wow, which one is Louisa? The blonde one. The okay, second yeah, daughter. All right. Okay, the second daughter. So, yeah. the, so I think that they didn't have much for her. No, but everything she did, she creeped me out. She was always mm. the rest of the kids in like the do re mi scene when all the kids were like hopping and they're like do. She was always doing something weird. I watched it like yeah. four times to watch this in the good night scene when she's like twirling. Like she was always off. She creeped me out. Everything she was in. interesting. Yeah, so I didn't. I just thought she was just kind of like they didn't have much. For us, so she was always she was kind of the seventh one. Was yeah, that I, the one you were thinking of? No, too? I think they I tried issues. too hard with her. I got issues. They didn't try. You're gonna say Kurt? I got issues with my dude Friedrich. 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 He, well, Friedrich grew nine inches during filming. Did he really nine yeah. inches? Okay, so all the girls had to switch their shoes to try to match him at the end. Oh Look at him from the um, the hello scene into the good night scene. He's like an adult in the good night scene. He's shaving and shit. In the oh, first scene, funny. he looks like a baby faced so, child. He's as a child in this movie is a horrific actor and he goes on to be a, uh, an accomplished adult yeah no he's he is, he's like, once upon a time in hollywood he yeah. plays uh 
one of the um, did you see once upon a time? Not yet, right? I, he plays one of the yet. directors that gives yeah. uh, that gives no, Leo has, a, a job. Like he ends up being his a very IMDb good... is absurd. Yeah, no, he went, went the, on, so he recovered. But he has the he best IMDb. Of annoys the shit out of me in this movie. He's just because you you st- he starts off good when he's like kind of like the troublemaker, like tough guy, and then once they start singing in the medals and stuff, he's just such a little wussy, and he's just like you know he, he's. His just reaction to everything is just like, oh, come on. But Maria kind of explains that when she says to the captain, you know, he tries to be tough, but he's really not. He wants to be a man. He has no one to show him how to be a man. Yeah, so she's like, she's kind of explaining why there's kind of a duality to it. They didn't ask so much of him that he was bad, I didn't think. I, I, he he stuck out like a sore thumb to me, personally. Just really? like in their, in the I think Luisa was driving me so nuts. And dude, what what 14-year-old is afraid of thunder and lightning? Come, that, I mean, come, come on now. Well, you, you want to be 14, afraid of it. 14? I mean, I think that's absurd. I think six-year-olds are whatever. But when it goes off and he slams his head into the bed, like, all right, that's too much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. I mean, I, I'm being a little tough on him, I guess. But yeah, he, he, he's... He took me out of it. The guy was going through a massive growth spurt, though, so I do think he was probably... We'll give him a break there, then. I think I think all in all, all things considered, we're talking about getting seven child actors in the 60s. I think they did a pretty damn good job. Agreed. I, mean, I agree, yeah. And I'm, yeah. Usually I can't stand child actors, but they didn't ask a lot of them. No, they didn't ask you. They, they asked did. enough to make it work. Yeah, yeah, the singing and dancing, they could swing. Like they crushed it. Anything yeah. in between, whatever. They, yeah, they kind of yeah. let it be. They had to jump around with picnic baskets for and some reason. Joe, they did all their own singing. In this? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, just that alone. Is... And th- so that you know what I did. I was wondering about that. I didn't know it. I figured Joey would tell me. And then I um, that scene with them on the stairs Great. dance is like Great. knowing that they're singing and doing these very choreographed. Like, as they change notes, they're changing almost like fingers on a guitar string, kind of moving around as they change the notes. And then at the end, I wonder if this was one of the things that they left in that was a real response. At the end of it, as it's fading away, after they complete this very complicated routine, Mm -hmm. Julie Andrews puts her hands down after hitting the big note, and she's like... And like looks (laughs) around as the camera's fading away. I'm like, that had to be her going, we finally got the take. Like, we finally did it. One, you know, Gretel went the wrong way one time or something a hundred times. Well, they they asked just as much from Gretel in that one, especially that one, as pretty much most of the other kids. Almost more because she's limited. She's a little kid. We get the first dynamic between the captain and Maria. They have an interesting chemistry throughout this. And Joey's, I'm sure, looked in with your research is that he was not feeling Julie Andrews. Yeah, he called her, like, Miss Disney, like, did not, like... Was drunk at points throughout it to like Christopher Plummer. Yeah, yeah, he like, really hey, he had a hard time filming this. Yeah, he like was not into the tough. subject material. He wasn't feeling the movie. He was he was so bored that he would go out and get eat and get drunk yeah. every night, they, and gain they, like weight. They had a they had a redo because in the beginning they got his costumes for the whole thing. They had a redo later, like seeing costumes oh, because no, he gained I, weight. Yeah. And then him and Julie Andrews end up becoming like friends. And like he said, like yeah, he, he's taken back what he said. He's like, no, she's a really great professional but at the time yeah he said i think his quote was is it, it was like it was like waking up in the morning and getting hit over the head with a valentine's Day yes card that's exactly what he said and i could also see him having a little bit of an ego thing he's probably re- used to being the lead in everything he's ever been yeah. in and now it's like julie andrews is in this yeah and, you know then you do some scenes with her and you're like damn it she's pretty talented that, well they're i think they're still close friends to yeah this they're day. still close friends like like real life like lo- lifelong friends after it like, and he basically said i was being a jerk right you know it's like i was i was in a bad mood right. i was uh i didn't really know, see indulging in food and alcohol a little well, too much good for him keeping that off the screen because i love him in this. i love him in this too and julie andrews great. was quoted as a saying 
his malcontent nature off the screen helped his character yep. on the screen because if if they didn't have that, she thought the movie would have been too cheesy. Right. Oh, and cool. it, his cynicism, I think, was the word Cynicism, yep. His cynicism helped keep the movie grounded, which I totally get because he's awesome in this. He's, yeah, he's unbelievable. And yeah, I mean, he's great. And listeners at home, you can enjoy the, uh, the wonderful fireworks we have in the background. This is our first outdoor episode. We thought it was appropriate for the sound of music, get the, uh, the sights and sounds of a northeast... Yes. The neighborhood, the neighborhood is alive with the sound of fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> the kids are playing these pranks on her and whatnot, and you know, <laughs> trying to rush the the kids out, and they're all just like looking back. So what that's going on? The frog jumps out. I was like, "All right, you yeah. are encouraging." Compared yeah. to what they said they did to Nanny Francine or Janine or whatever, they're like, "Remember we put glue on her toothpaste?" I was like, oh, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." But I mean, I think we can all like, you know, this isn't exactly Michelle Pfeiffer dealing with. A dangerous mind situation. These kids are pretty. These kids are pretty tame here. Right? These are little rich, these little rich kids wearing stockings. Right? So they're not. I mean, the best they can come up with is putting a pine cone on someone's chair. So Julianne just was not like really climbing a major hill here. And then Christopher Plummer thinks she, the captain's like, "Oh, what do you have indigestion?" Right. <laughs> Who right. jumps up from the table and goes, oh! "When they have indigestion?" Yeah. Right. I, I, <laughs> dramatic indigestion. Yeah, I think both in this and in Mary Poppins, you know, she's not really dealing with with like problem child who's yeah. like running around hitting kids with aluminum bats. Right. You right. know, like it's it's a little easier. But yeah, so they you know, the frog in the pocket and the pine cone in the chair. The dinner scene is great. And we get we get a little glimpse of of fatherhood in the Van Trapp house. He's really just looking to eat his dinner, and he wants all the kids to be quiet. And he just wants to eat in peace. Wanted to touch on something we passed over, but when they're in, in the introductory scene, when the kids come down. Mm-hmm. He says there, he's like, were you this hard to deal with at the Abbey? She's like, oh, I was much worse. Like, yeah. she's enthusiastically <laughs> right, like, yeah, yeah. no, it was way worse. It was, I was way worse. And, and the real life Maria Von Trapp, when they asked her, they're like, oh, did they exaggerate how bad you were in the Abbey? She's like, oh, no, they made me much better than I really was. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, being in a convent... And becoming a nun, when at the end of the day, you really don't want to become a nun. That's got to be a real tough. She seemed like she had no direction in life, and she's like, you know what? Maybe I'll try this. And it's, and the, the, I credit Reverend Mother for being like, listen, this everyone has their calling. This might not be right, your yeah. thing. This, like she was eighteen, didn't really have college as an option for her, and right. was like, she says, this isn't a place to escape. Yes, right. You know, right. this is not where you come to hide from something else. And even in, if you're here, you're, you're committed. Here. Even yeah. in the song, what do we? how do we solve the problem of Maria? All she says is she's a girl. Like, right. she's, yeah. she's a normal girl. This is like, you guys are like looking at it from this perfect point of view right. of we're nuns, but she's a girl. Right, that's it. She's just trying to kind of find her way. Yeah. Literally, this, she's got this wanderlust, but she lives in Salzburg, Austria in 1938. She's not full of <laughs> options. She's but, between a bunch of mountains. <laughs> right, the hills are her... <laughs> You know, escape from the world. So, yeah, she's going to the Abbey. So, at, at our dinner scene, I have the quote that I pulled here from uh, old Captain Mantrap. Uh, and, uh, Artie, you mentioned this is it's kind of a tricky movie to get a quote from. It's oh, not so like a, hard. It's, and I think musicals can tend to be that way because they put a lot of the emphasis on the songs. Right. You almost have to pull a lyric instead of... Yeah. I have a, a, a Von Trapp quote here as he's trying to eat his dinner. And he says to Maria, Is it to be at every meal or merely dinner time... 
that you intend on leading us through this rare and wonderful new world of indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I <laughs> And a great, a great little roast from Montrop there. So my favorite quote actually just kind of happened in the middle of what we're discussing okay, too. Okay, let's get them all out of the way right So Maria's sitting with the mother and she's like, I can't seem to stop singing wherever I am. And what's worse, I can't seem to stop saying things. Anything and everything I think and feel. And the mother goes, some people would call that honesty. And Maria goes, oh, but it's terrible, Reverend Mother. <laughs> like, it's, it's like she can't help but be completely honest. And that's right. how she is the whole movie. Yeah. Which is great, though. And Even that, when it's, like, for survival, like, tell him to pretend. She's like, oh, I can't ask him to be less than he is. Like, it's not even a thought. After dinner, or during dinner, toward the end, we meet old Rolf. Motherfucking Rolf. Uh, yeah. Rolf go- sucks. I mean, he <laughs> pretty much sucks. There's no real way around it. And Rolf uh, and Liesel break off into... Um, the gazebo. The, the gazebo. love gazebo. Where love happens. The love gazebo. The gazebo is one of my least favorite parts of this movie. Like, both gazebo scenes, every time I watch it, I get, I get kind of... Yeah, like the 16, and, 16 going on 17 Least thing, favorite like, song yeah. of it, personally, you know. I think probably the marionette song I like less, but... Which one's the marionette We'll get to song. the puppets. Yeah. I don't count the puppets. Okay. Oh, okay. Then, yes. Then if puppets the... are, are heavy candidates for LVP here. Okay. But, um... Well, I have a point to make about the puppets. Okay. We'll talk so about we're, the we're almost yes. there. All right. But the 16 on 17, talk that, about things on. not aging great. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that really hits It should have been 17 way. going on 18, you know? Yeah. Just the whole thing, like, yeah. oh, lyrics... I'm naive. I don't really know anything. I need somebody to answer for me. Yeah. Like, yeah, the lyrics of that are are a little tough. And yeah, what's yeah, ironic is Rolf at one point, which I heard today when I was walking past while it was on, is Rolf says, you know, you need someone older to kind of tell you what to do. And that's the I'm situation seven, he yeah. ends up in right. when yeah. he's just being told what to do. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, Rolf, you know, Family Guy, I think, gives Rolf the appropriate treatment when they behead him. <laughs> that's my favorite skit from The Sound of Music on Family Guy. Yeah. He's like, I have sinned. And she shows the car, <laughs> the car parts. They started this war! <laughs> and he's like, I have two, I too oh have sinned. Oh my god, Rolf! Rolf! When the 16 going on 7 started, I'm like, well, how old is Rolf? If he's older than 18, the captain needs to get the fuck out here and manage this. Yeah. And then he's 17 going on 18 and she's living in a mansion and he's riding his butt not not knocking on anybody doing any type of work. The guy's working good for him but like let's not pretend you're this worldly guy. You're riding your bike around Salzburg and you're about to you know be the biggest follower in the history of followers. Yeah he may be the only gold digger in uh, <laughs> in Salzburg. <laughs> Well, what, what's the first tagline of Salzburg? Salzburg and the Salzburg Austria, the last, the golden days of the 30s, right? The, the, in the last golden days of the, no, the, yeah, the last golden days of the 30s. The last golden the days of the 30s, yeah. Yeah, so the chemistry between Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer were not, was not there. There was a little budding romance between Christopher Plummer and yeah. the, the uh, woman who played Liesel, Char, uh, Charmaine Carr. Yeah. Oh. She's 22. Okay. In this movie, well, so she's she? a twenty-two-year-old playing 35. sixteen, and he's thirty-five. Okay. So she wrote two books, and in both of them, she talked yeah. about the. And he even kind of acknowledged that there was an attraction. Yeah, there but, was a little something but going because on because the fact the that he kept it kind of pure, even though as cynical as he was, he kept it as you know, yeah. you're still my daughter. Nothing happened, not, okay. but, yeah. you know. But well, you know, something might have happened. Yeah. We'll yeah. wouldn't a, be, a we be talking about it if nothing happened. They kept it behind closed doors there. Just to go back to sixteen on seventeen. You have the lyrics now? Yeah. Okay. Totally right, unprepared are you to face a world of men. Timid and shy and scared are you of things beyond your ken. You need someone older and wiser telling you what to do. I am 17 going on 18. I'll take care of you. I'm 16 going on 17. I know I am naive. Fellows I may meet tell me I'm sweet and willingly 
I believe. Yeah, it's... it's I feel uncomfortable <laughs> reading further. It's just... It doesn't age great. I think you put it perfectly perfectly with that, Joe. Yeah, for a movie that really does, like... I feel like, for the most part, I was like, oh, this is really... That part, I was like... Oh. Yeah, I think the rest of the movie, even even the Nazi stuff... It, the first Nazi part, I mean, I was that like, is oh, classic, no. though. Just like, out oh. of nowhere, it's just like, Heil Hitler! It's like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, wait, this took a turn. This is what's gonna happen now. Right. Like, like, he gets <laughs> caught throwing pebbles at, like, the cheesy romantic thing and he just throws up the salute i was like oh no yeah i was like, like no i was like fuck you rolf throw another south park reference in there it reminded me of the first time i watched the critter christmas episode where they're just the, the cute little animals are just bouncing around hey we're the critters and then and then the, like the squirrel just goes hail satan <laughs> and i was like wait what what did he just say but that's like it rolf and starts off the second half with hey guys heil hitler it's like whoa geez <laughs> yeah. okay the Nazis are coming! I did. Yeah. I honestly had no idea they were in this movie. Oh, you want to hear something funny? So I bumped into Kieran. You know my grandma, Nanny. Mm-hmm. So I you bumped, bumped in, into your grandma. So I, I haven't seen her in a little bit. I saw her the day I'm going to watch Sound of Music, and I'm like, oh, I got to go watch Sound of Music today. And she's like, oh, that's that's that German movie. And I was like, what? And I was like German movie. I was like, she's losing it. I go home and I, I go home and I watch it, and I'm like. Oh, this must be what she meant. Yeah. yeah. So we get our, our Liesl comes back through the window. Uh, she's pre- uh, Maria's she, praying. So the fact that Maria forgot one of the kids' oh, names God, is that's so good. That's unbelievable. So good. It's yeah. just like, like I love. I just love it when movies are not movies for a second. And, right. And they let they let people actually be people because it's like if she's sitting there, it's like she's her first day. It's seven kids. It's like. Uh, it's not that leather little brat. What's what his was name? It's like a one syllable word. Was it Jim? Uh, whatever. What's his was it Dutch? Bless, bless what's his name? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. That's cool. yeah, that's and then the enough. absolute worst try to sneak past you. Just, just uh, oh, she's praying, let me run out of the room soaking, soaking wet. wet. Yeah, in yeah. front of her. Is that even behind her? She's like <laughs> passing in front of her, like trying to hide. It's, it's I love plays it. it cool. Then the, the, the kids one by one come in because they're afraid of the thunder. Again, how a 14 year old is afraid of thunder and lightning to me is just, uh, you know. So we get favorite things, though. Yeah, so favorite to, things. Um, which somehow turned into a Christmas, like, I feel like it comes on the radio Christmas time. Yeah, is it such a happy yeah, I song? I guess it's just a wish, like a, guess, just, a wish list song. Yeah, I think it's just a happy, like, this. these things make me happy. When I get bit by a dog, I guess you get bit by a dog a lot in Austria, I like packages. Yeah. <laughs> It's simpler times. 1938. It's a great song. Really it's, good. Yeah, no, it's very like, catchy. It's an effective pop song. Yep. You know, like it, it's actually like a song that, that can live beyond the movie, and a lot of musicals don't have a whole lot of that. And I don't want to get too music nerdy with it, but I love pop songs that are in minor keys, with that have that have minor notes in there that are based in that. A couple examples just off, off the top of my head. In sync. Bye 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 is one. Um, the Police, Every Breath You Take, Sinatra, My Way. They have those minor notes in there. They keep a little bit of darkness in there. Yeah. Uh, Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga, Bad Romance is another she one. She has a lot of them. Yeah, yep, I, think, I think Just Dance is in, in a minor key, too. And my favorite Christmas song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, is another one that's in the minor. So where most pop songs hit you over the head with the major notes and yeah. they're very bubbly. And this one has that those uses all those cool minor notes to kind of keep it uh, keep it from being a little too cheesy. And you get a little the too feels. Bubbly. You get human feels when you hear minor notes. Yeah. Yes. And yes. the song so. just works. In that scenario with all the kids on the bed, great. This movie, I'll tell you right now, I turned to Asia, my wife, like five or six times, and I was like, "Wait, this is from this movie? <laughs> yeah. This song's from this movie? Yeah. Like, I I can name five songs off the top of my head. I thought were just 
Like, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la. I literally thought that was just, like, what they teach you in music to teach you how to sing. I didn't know it was written and it was in a movie. Like, was, I was blown away by how many good songs were in this movie. Uh, yeah, and... They all stand the test of time. They, they do. And that, so that kind of comes next. And, and, dude, that is definitely a thing. And, you know, when I brought up earlier about music teachers playing this in, like, they play that because it is like a music lesson in a movie. And I think that that's just one of those things. You're like, all right, this is just like a uh, an ABC nuts and bolts. Yeah, happy song. birthday, ABC, right? Yeah, and I love that scene. I love that scene. Uh, it's the the song, the way it builds, the way that she incorporates all the seven. And we talked about the kids before. Seven is like an aggressive number it's to tough. use yeah. because you have to cast yeah. them appropriately. Then you have it's, to figure out how they move in the world and not be like. Muddy. Yeah, yeah, and they have to like distinguish them, and maybe they don't necessarily do the best job of distinguishing them. Like you brought up Louisa, and, and they wear the same outfits for the majority of the time. Yeah, and filming seven is not symmetrical. Right. Well, it is actually. Yeah. You get one in the middle and three on each but side. But they didn't do it symmetrically as far as the numbers because it's two boys and five girls, yeah, so right. they kept it. But I think that's probably true to life. Though, yeah, right? yeah. They followed the. Yeah, they had to keep that. Yeah, they kept that part of it true. Uh, one part that they did not keep true, I saw though, is is that. These kids were all accomplished in real life. They were all accomplished singers. Yeah, before she did not to, teach them how to yeah. sing in three days. In this, <laughs> well, that was one thing. I'm watching the movie and I'm like, oh, they could all just sing phenomenally in harmonize in like, key. They like, one day at lesson. the park and now we're pros. They each like, had like four teachers. Yeah, like, teaching them different things. Oh, in real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because in this, she's like, "Well, now you know all the notes. You can sing anything." And I'm like, yeah. "That's not how it works." I've watched right. that scene and three like, times. And how do I know exactly what note to use? With yeah, Ray. Like, yeah. I get, I get a Ray, a, a, a light, a song, whatever. Like, but what? Where does that fit in the scale? Like, you just, it's not like, you yeah. just point, start pointing in wrong order. Ray, me, do, ba, tu, ba. Yeah, and just <laughs> in sync. You know, I've watched that scene like, three I times. This. I don't know how any of it goes. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I can't say my name when you blow my blow the whistle, but yeah, you know, I, I got I got Ray and me down. Yeah, I will in defense of that because that was a nitpick that I had in my mind too. They don't say that they couldn't sing. Right. They say they're not allowed to. She just to. brought Right, them, right. right. They, they you you get the vibe yeah. the mom always taught them music. Father well, doesn't let us sing. And we find out in a little bit that he's a very good singer. Right, too. right. Because so the, it, the, it was probably suppressed. The housekeeper said they're not, you know, not allowed music in the house anymore. Right. Like that, so implying that, yes, this is just used to be it. And the next day, Liesl's playing the guitar. So she's obviously a musician. Right. And I mean, the first, you know, we're jumping ahead, but the first time the captain sings like they all knew the song they wanted him to sing like it's clearly something that they'd been heard their entire lives yeah, yeah. In, in the do re mi scene it's great like musical flexing going on you know just them like kind of dancing through the town and and like throwing like mixing up the order of the notes and just going they're doing like a maynard james keenan dance there at one point like bobbing <laughs> That's Louisa, back and forth. That was... <laughs> yeah like channeling their inner maynard you know it, it's uh when they're riding the bikes and they're moving forward and back yeah. while singing Big like flex. that. I with, can't with imagine. With Gretel on Julie Andrews' back. <laughs> I can't I like, imagine the amount of takes that took to get that on camera sounding good. Everyone doing what they're supposed to because it looks great. It's it really, looks, yeah, the bike right. scene's cool. It's, it, it's so hard to do. That and the steps are like the two hardest scenes. Yeah, it's... As fun a scene as we've covered yeah. so far. Oh, yeah. The yeah, whole door is just like you can put it on and watch it because there's a lot of entertainment right. going on there. When they're just like skipping through the hills and town and it's very feel good yeah. it's very like it, it it's complicated enough that each time you watch it you're kind of paying attention to something different going on with it and it's just great flexing these rich kids that. wearing curtains as outfits <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's right cutting up the old curtains 
Drapes. But now we're about to meet Max and the Baroness. Ah, uh, yes. Everyone's very excited to meet Uncle Max. Oh, yeah, Max, Uncle Max has a great line. He goes, oh, what does he say? She's like, oh, you are outrageous. And he goes, I'm a very charming sponge. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what he is. He's very charming. Yeah. He takes everything in. It's, mm-hmm. He's... Max pays attention. <laughs> what, who writes that in the script? I'm a very charming sponge. That's a line that does not get written in 2020 because no one would put that. No. But, no, that got me. Yeah, yeah. Max, Uncle Max didn't do a whole hell of a, a lot for me, to be honest. I couldn't I really just, tell just, where Max stood. I was, yeah, he just was kind of there. I mean, yeah, at first I thought like, he was bad. Me too. I, my, the first thing I wrote in my notes was Max sucks. Yeah. But, like, he, he, he ends up redeemable at the end. But really, until the end, I'm like, is he, like... Is he bad guy? I know. Well, he learns, I, in the beginning, he's all about just getting these people on tours and making a buck. Right. I like being... And, and I then mean, he realizes the bigger scheme of things. Right. He goes, oh, these, these are damn Nazis we're dealing with right. here. Like, and I know, like there's not going to be a tour. Right. Like, the tour is <laughs> right. World War II. Right. Like, yeah. Come on. Like, that's the tour. <laughs> and I like where the, the captain says, he's like, oh, the new, they'll perform and you get rich. And he goes yeah. at him a couple times for that. I like it. Yeah. Captain yeah. really just goes at him. But, but, you know, and then you see... To put to put a, a, a ribbon on the on the Do Re Mi Do. Oh, yeah, sorry. One of the things I liked about all of the songs in this is it, that, it, and there's a couple that that lean toward it, but there's not not a lot of them are exposition pieces. Where in a lot of musicals, where the song is they're just driving the plot along and they're telling you what's happening and this is what you get. like the songs were songs because they were kind of all things that they then performed in the end. Right. They're reused a couple times. You know, the sixteen seventeen is a little is a little bit of an exposition there, but. That was really it. Yeah, I thought I thought that all the songs fit into the storytelling without like obnoxiously telling the story. Right. It wasn't like a, a voiceover of music. Right. Yeah. We'll get to the one song that I think might be my uh, my LVP. Okay, good. I'm excited for that. What are our thoughts on the Baroness here? So I thought her and Max were just like gonna bring this whole movie down when I first met him. I'm like, these two are gonna like undermine this family. It's gonna be terrible. And Until I realized that the Baroness was also rich. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's just using him. She's going to... Now, she is kind of a dick because she wants to send the kids to boarding school at one point. A little bit ahead. But, I don't know. But then you see the captain as the captain was where he's actually, like, making jokes and not impossible. Right. Yeah. But he admits at some point talking in those first talks to her that, you know, he's running away from pain. She's not, like, a terrible person. Like, she's kind of... No, she had an agenda. She realized, you know what? I kind of this guy has this thing, and this girl's a yeah, nice, she, innocent girl. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna back off. Right? Yeah. But like she's in not your average great, Disney movie. Like, you get more like she becomes the Wicked Witch. Right. And she's now gonna yeah. play a trick on someone. And then, and, then, right. then he captain says to the Baroness, he's like, "Oh, you bring meaning back to my life." I was like, "You have seven kids." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a little, a little, a little more attention like, to one of your right. seven. Kids. I was like, "There's a." I was like, "Fine." The sixteen-year-old, she seems like she could handle herself. Yeah, but maybe she's got like, The three-year-old know. could, you know, she could probably give you some meaning. Yeah, like, just like hang out with the the four-year-old, maybe. Right. You know, maybe like, Friedrich could use a hang. And if yeah. she's three, how quickly are you getting over the death of the previous mother? It had to happen within the last three years, and it's been pretty quick because he spent a few months with her. Because right. it, he was, it was because, and she even says she's like, "How much time are you going to spend away with me in Vienna?" Yeah. You know, and he had yeah. just been gone for a month, and then he pulls back, and the kids yeah, are hanging in the trees. Yeah. I guess, I guess it's a little bit of that higher society, rich person. Right. You know, I, I hire caretakers, take care of the kids. Maybe that's what it is. But you know, when your fourteen-year-old son's hiding under the bed for a little thunder and lightning, like maybe let's, maybe let's take him fishing or something. You know, like let's get, right. get, get it. This is nineteen thirty-eight. Go hunt. No one's judging hunting yet. Yeah, a little toony whistle isn't yeah. going to straighten them out. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, so the captain gets introduced to the fact that, that these kids are singing, and we get the rowboat flip scene. Now, there's an amazing little kind of goof slash trivia here. Which, which is, is bad. Yeah, it's, it's real really bad. bad. And like, I, Julie I Andrews watched is, today. Yeah, and Artie, when you're done with this, you're going to go back and watch this because it's But like Julie Andrews feels guilty and, about this yeah, today. It's hilarious, but really bad. Yeah, why? So the littlest one can't swim. Uh, okay, whoa. so yeah, can't swim. At all. It just sinks like a rock. So they're in the boat, and they get, and if you look at the, the scene of the boat, is the little one is... In, on Julie Andrews' lap, basically. she's Because the, the thing is, when the boat flips, they're going to go out together, and she's going to hold her in the water, and she'll yeah. be fine. All perfectly choreographed. They practiced. It when, worked. When the boat flips, all the kids fall off the front of the boat, and Julie Andrews <laughs> does a backflip off the back of the boat and lands on the other side of the boat, and the poor little girl just, just, just sinks like a rock where the, all the other kids go flying forward. And you can see the shot. The, all the kids are in the water. The, the girl is... Basically underwater, with like you just see your head, and she's like grabbing for the boat. They cut away, and they cut back, and all of a sudden, one of the other older girls is, is holding her. Oh my but god! Yeah, no, yeah, it's like a disaster. But like Jeez. Julie Andrews today feels like guilty yeah. about like how I bad mean, like her wow. batch. Talk about talk about nineteen sixties filmmaking. Woo. Yeah, just catch her. You know, it's, it's we're gonna <laughs> right, Julie Andrews. We don't be all right. I guess insurance wasn't a thing. How about a stunt double? Right. You know, can we get? Can we get yeah. a little blonde? Or, honestly, I don't think like anyone's got their... underwater wearing... They, they yeah, were also like, wearing very bulky clothes. Throw a life preserver yeah, under that gigantic dress she's wearing. Robert Wise really uh, taking chances out there, you know? There was no child actor rules yet. That's it. We gotta, we, we gotta teach people to be future Tom Cruises. Yeah. You know, and do all their own stunts. <laughs> but I mean, teach her how to swim. Make a few lessons. She's three. But yeah, the, well then, then then they all get out of the water and they're wet, and then they just had to keep spraying them down with hoses so they stayed soaking wet, which I thought was hysterical. And when you see them run in the house, there's water all over the all floor over. already from all the takes they because been they just doing. Had just like fire and water everywhere. But then I love Maria here because this is the scene where she yells at the captain, "Protect your kids!" Like pretty much like you're not taking care of. Them. That's like, the best are... scene in the movie. She, she he's like enough. She's like no, not enough. Right. Like you're not done hearing me. Yeah, right, and, and then he, he fires her. Well, then he goes. He goes, that's enough, Captain! And she's like, she makes this little yep. face well, like, yeah. goof, Which is a goof. Yeah, they left, it, it, really? yeah, yeah. They left it in because it's so perfect. Oh, yeah. it's so perfect. Yeah, he says, amazing. Captain, and then you see him, He says, and he stays stern, and then you see his face slightly change in like, recognition, yeah. and then he says, um, what do they call her? Not Mar- Fraulein Maria. And yeah. then he just says, he, he like, the recognition, he says, Fraulein. Yeah. Like, you see it, and it's really cool. I didn't know that was yeah. a goof, too, because I love when that. When you rewatch it, you see his eyebrows. Like, well, it's I, very thought him, I thought that was acting. I was like, this is great. No, it was recognition. That's like, so cool. They, he was so in it with her. Yeah. He called her captain. That's cool. And it works perfectly. If and he would have just said Fraulein, that's not as an effective scene, especially what's about to come next, which is my favorite scene. Yeah, and, and I think I think those two leading into in one big scene is my I favorite agree. part of the movie. But the next scene is my like one like yeah lockdown scene. I got welled up during and, that when the dad sings with them. And one thing we see that's a common thread to a lot of these movies we've covered. And we talked about it with Rocky. We talked about it with American Beauty. It's the little mistakes that yep. are left in the movie. Silence of the Lambs. We yep. saw it. And the good directors know when to take the little goofs right. and keep them in the movie. Jaws is another one like that, too. They're, having those little imperfective moments to where the actors are just riffing with each other, leaving it in, that's what makes some of these movies great. You're, you're getting the person in it who's living that character. It makes it feel a little more natural, a little more real, a little less like you're filming people pretending. you know, Because right. they are people who are actually living through it a little bit. Yep. So, Joey, you brought up the next scene. Take us, take us through the next yeah, scene. Yeah, so the next scene's my... F- 
I mean, the whole thing, but this is my actual favorite. When he comes in and all the kids are singing to Max and the Baroness, and you see him watching, he comes up mad. You're, I'm, I was waiting for him to pull out the whistle, and then you see his face slightly change. And then you see him kind of smile for the first time. They all see him, and then he they bring him in to sing, and then he sings Edelweiss for the first time. I just mm-hmm. think. And then when that's the first time you smile, they laugh, the kids are happier, you feel the kids lighter, and then they all hug. And I just think that's just I an unbelievable agree. scene. That's got an me. amazing scene. I watched Mary Poppins in this in the same day, and by the end of it, I was starting to wonder if I was like a hyper-emotional or something was wrong <laughs> with me. Because both these movies, like... And just to quickly cut to Mary Poppins, but like Bert's singing to Mr. Banks and I'm welling up. I'm like, what is wrong with me right now? <laughs> <laughs> like there's a grown man gently singing to another grown man. And a grown the, man like, watching in like sobbing. the 60s. About, uh, yeah, and I'm like, I have tears in my eyes. And then the same thing, when his family hugs him, I'm like, this movie is, this is awesome. When like, the family rushes in to hug him, like you feel... All that, and then he said. Then the captain goes up to Maria to unfire, but he says, "You know, just say like, oh, you." He says, "You brought music back into the house, right?" And he's like, "I could, I'll I'll help any way I can," and he's like, "You already have more than you know, right?" Like you never understand what you just did. And this is that moment where the title really kicks in. No, there is the title song, "The Sound of Music," but this is it. This is the sound of music. It made him fall back. Goes from furious to I'm firing this woman to whoa. I've been neglecting my family. Right. And the imi- all because of the, just hearing the music. Right. The image of the seven kids hugging the one dad, like that's all they have. And all he's been trying right. to do is put people between him right. and them. He's been playing defense. He's it, been- it breaks him down and then his character just becomes even more like awesome. His character now becomes multidimensional. Right. Like, he learned how to play guitar for that. Oh, wow. Okay. But they had to dub it over. So <laughs> I was going to so when I saw him actually start to play, you, you could see he's they're giving him something super simple yeah. to work with. It's right. like strum this string then this string and just try they, to do They it had to dub it, but the, but like Julie Andrews had to learn to yeah, play guitar to and they kept hers. They, they did her pretty sp- simple too. Yeah, she's just playing like an A, an a two chord strings and yeah. singing. But they but hers was her that was it, you know, that's his they dubbed over everything. So and then we go into a trash scene. Yeah, the bizarre puppet show. Okay. Um, I'm going to say this before we start. Okay. The middle puppet who was a female Looks like they took an E.T. doll and put a wig on it and made it a marionette. <laughs> Everyone go take, just take a quick second and Google it. I am 100% correct on this. Oh, yeah. Wow. I think that's where they came up with the... With the E.T. With the, in the closet. I think this is yeah. where they came up with the E.T. in the closet. Wow, that's just that. You know what? You might be right I, about that. I, I like paused it and I was just... I was like, what, what are we doing yeah, here? What are we, uh, what are we doing? You know, when you're... When you're I didn't understand the placement of this yeah, at all. The placement are, was that little... now they're in that room. That room that, a fi- that she first went in that okay. you will understand what rooms you cannot the go in. They weren't allowed now in. it's that room. Now we're having okay. the marionette show. We're all sitting there clapping and we're doing different things. Yeah. It's just, it's that. All right, yeah. all right. So there's a little meaning to this scene. It was a yeah. stupid scene. It wall. seems yeah. like maybe they wanted to show off some puppeteering, yes. which, again, doesn't age well. No. And, you know, it, that, that, that peaked at Team America, I think. But, That's where it will always speak. Yeah, goats, goofy-looking goats dancing around. Now, there's there's what's lost in the scene is there's some pretty impressive singing. Yes, like the yod- like moving the yodeling through a through a pretty comprehensive song. And the kids, and so yodeling the kids is not it, yeah. easy. I think the, the middle were... girl there it carries a heavy load in the song. And she's like, funny yeah. too. She's yeah, singing she's, and she like made me laugh. She's yeah. one of the better ones. Out she's of, the best out of the one. Brigada yeah. or Brid- Bridget? It's like Bridget. Yeah, Bridget. But it's... yeah. It's Bridget. It's like Brigitte. Right. Yeah, she's, yeah. And the she's guy. Carries a heavy load in that song. Just, so just they used puppeteers, like the p- people they used to actually do it were like the biggest puppeteers of the time. Um, Bill Baird and Cora Baird. 
I guess husband and yeah, wife. Yeah, so this is total flex your puppet skills. Right, story. that's yeah, it. They're yeah, like, we good. have these two people who are the best in the world at this, and they're willing to do this. Yeah. And when you're, when you're, you're throwing a, a three-hour movie out there, let's not have an excessive puppet scene in there. You know, like, right. this could have been trimmed. This and, could have been trimmed. We can do something else in this room to get that point off. I think... The fact that I didn't, that point was lost on me. It, it makes sense now that I get that now they're, you know, they're playing... That was the only room. point of that whole thing. And I think uh, myself and Rob R. Bobcat in the Chicago episode covered our thoughts on marionettes and puppets and, and how, they're, how they're pretty unnecessary in movies in general. Yeah. I mean, Team America and nothing else. Yeah. twenties things. Right. So in 1965... I mean, 1965, I had to think people were like, really? Yeah. I would think. I mean, Jimi Hendrix was around. <laughs> and I love, I love it was how real the entertainment. End. Yeah, Wooly Bully was crushing the nation. <laughs> <laughs> Wooly Bully. Yeah, Wooly come Bully. on. Come Bully. on. Bully. Bully. That was amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, I love at the end of that, they go, Uncle Max, can we keep the puppets? Uh, if I were the dad, I'd be like, okay, now I'm going back into discipline. Dad, again. Just, take it to the curb. He angrily whistles at him. He's like, Max, which is going in your horse and carriage now. Or you're dragging it. Bright red blowing the whistle. What's the Uncle Max signal? What is the drown my children? There will be no puppet shows. Get everyone out of the room. Everyone out of the ballroom. It's off limits again. We're getting to the end of the first half here. and We get to the party. but we see There's two main scenes here. And it's Maria dancing with Kurt, the youngest boy. And then... The captain in steps in. Dope suit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that he wears it. He, there's, there's the one green suit he wears like five yes. times throughout the movie. But the, the the so in that first in the party when they do that Austrian dance out there, like that was that's like a Medal of Honor type thing for the Austrian Navy that he was wearing from World War One. Oh, like cool. that is an earned medal. Yeah. Like you can't just go buy that at a men's warehouse. I right, feel like cool. he. I feel like Plummer could have been a Bond. He pulls off a talk yeah, like, he's got like that, stuck. Yeah, he's got that Bond vibe to it. And he has the seriousness will also could be funny. Yep. And like, I wouldn't fuck with him. Yeah, and, and just talking about him real quick, because it's crazy. He's still alive today. And he was just in Knives Out. And he won an Oscar recently. became the yeah. oldest person to win an Oscar. Yeah. Wow. And Knives Out, no spoilers. He, if he played that character wrong, that could have landed differently. Tre- the entire trem- movie. Yeah, tremendously unique movie, original movie, and awesome. It's crazy to think that, you know, he's, he's spanned all this time where he's actually outlived two of the seven kids. Yeah. Like the two oldest girls have since passed away. You know, they, they passed away in their 70s. But it's just crazy to think that, that he's still alive, kicking. Good. God bless that. I mean, you know, 91, man. Still working. Yeah, still and, working. And being talented, like not working like just as a background piece, like, oh, look, we have this name in here. Like yeah. being an important part of a movie. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He was in that movie where he, where they, when they took Spacey out of the movie, Space, Kevin Spacey had that scandal, yeah, um, and they needed to reshoot the scenes. He, he hopped in and did the scenes. Yeah. Right? Oh, really? I don't know what movie that was. But yeah, so so they, we get that kind of dancing scene with them. That's kind of nice. All the money in the world. All the money in the world, right. And he, I think he's nominated, but doesn't... Yeah, he doesn't win, but yeah. he got nominated. I mean, he stepped into it a possible situation, even though he was nominated. Like, nominated was, I think, the more impressive thing. In yeah. winning. And what did he win for? Best Supporting Actor for Beginners in 2012. Okay, in 2012. Yeah, 2012. So still wasn't nominated in this one, which is crazy. Yeah. So we get the the great the kids say goodnight in the in that great scene where the seven of them line up. Already brought it up. Awesome scene again. Developing seven characters within a song and it's you know it, it oddly just because of the number and the fact that it's kid acted, it's the same number of the kids in it, the movie it. 
It is. And it's just kind of, and I know that that movie struggled in some areas to develop seven. Because the book kind of did too, into developing seven different parts. I mean, I think the book and the movies did a good enough job. I think one of the complaints of that was that seven different stories is tough to put on screen in a formulaic right. way. But they try to be seven different stories there. At least with this, they're kind of their stories, really, except for Liesel, everybody has. Yeah, they're, they merge they're two just together. They're the kids. Right. Yeah, it's six parts to the song. They right. merge two of them together and then right. and like get Kurt, the movie. Like Kurt has a funny part before him and you know, Maria dance. He's the singing Von Trapp family, and then he does that spin, and then they start dancing. Yeah. Like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. And this is another one that's hard to watch this and not think of Family Guy. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's yeah. just because this is early Family yeah. Guy. It's like one of the original seasons. Can I have my drink of first drink of champagne? Yes. No. no. That's, I just picture Peter saying right. no every time. I'm, no. <laughs> Kurt flexes his falsetto there with just another Chris Griffin takeoff. Ah! I just love how each, how they have like the rotating way to get the kid out before the last one kicks him in the ass. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. The little, it's, 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 it, it, it works. It, it works. It's, and Liesel kind of... It's not clumsy. It's right. like it's goofy in a charming way. Right. It, it works. Without yeah, the, I like it a lot. And, and Liesel not... Liesel doesn't sell it because she's mad. She can't get the champagne and stay up. I thought it was great, but then she gets the quick turn for Gretel at the end. Like I thought it was just really well done, and there's, there's actual like personality in it. It's not just yeah. robotic. And then you have Gretel at the end doing the, the Stewie Griffin. <laughs> it's Stewie Griffin doing the Gretel, right. of course. But what can the you say? We were we were raised on Family Guy, <laughs> right? I'm Liesel. That's I'm Liesel. <laughs> I have confidence in sunshine. I'm Meg. I'm Chris. And I'm Liesel. <laughs> just with the lean forward. Just... He's so excited to say he's a girl character. I'm Liesel. Can you believe it? So, the, yeah. So, the, the, first, the first half closes with the Baroness kind of scaring away Maria. Basically saying that he's got a thing for you. and maybe... It's embarrassing her. Yeah. And that's the, that's the first half. So, we're going to... We get our little inter, intermission entries. But before we get to the second half, I do want to bring up a, uh, a, a question that we received on Twitter from one of our loyal listeners, which is Catherine Short. She's been a contributor in a lot of previous episodes. Hot favorite. She's always ready to, to come in and, and take us to task and, and chime on. And this is, this is a Best Picture winner that she enjoyed very much. So. Yes, yeah, re- before we did this, a couple weeks ago um, on her Twitter, she ranked all the... All the best picture winners from the 60s. And I think this was number, uh, I want to say number three. Yeah. Without looking. It, it was high up there. It was yeah. like, it was ranked strongly for the 60s winners. And she's cool. reviewed all the all the best picture winners and nominees. You can and nominees. Kathy Short, at Kathy Short on Twitter. That's going, Kathy with an yeah. I-E I mean, she's going through actresses right now. Yeah, C-A-T-H-I-E underscore Short. And that's on Twitter. And she's got a link right in her profile there. But her question for this was... Unlike other Best Picture winning musicals, I'm looking at Gigi and Going My Way, this film remains popular. Could you discuss the factors that make those two films less appealing to the modern audiences and what makes The Sound of Music a great family film? So myself and Joey covered Going My Way, so we'll speak to that movie specifically, but I think that let's start the conversation why this movie has stood the test of time, Sound of Music. And we've, I think we've brought up a couple points here there already. But Yeah, so I think there's a couple things. I think, like we've made mention a few times, the songs transcend the movie. Like, you know, Christmas time, favorite things comes in there. Everybody knows the Sound of Music, the Do-Re-Mi song. I think other things, Julie Andrews, I think it's connection Julie Andrews with Mary Poppins, which has stayed relevant as well. I think it hits, it's... 
I mean, it's also very good. <laughs> see, I didn't see uh, with going my way, going my way, or, um, Gigi. or Gigi, but there's something about Julie. If Julie Andrews was in Going My Way, we may be talking about Going My Way and not Sound of Music, you know, it, or, yeah. or Mary Poppins, whatever it was that she took over that. But she is really, she is an X factor for me. Yeah, I would say that her, her, her being a component in this has to. And Christopher part. Plummer too, but I think it's the Julie Andrews show. Like I think. Yeah. You replace her, I don't know how. I think this is still a good movie, but she's just so charming. Yeah. I and think having seven different kids of seven different ages is a good way to bring in young kids watching the show because maybe they can identify with a different... Even though the, the kids themselves don't get a lot of individual spots. But it's seven I think kids. That it's kids they, being... Yeah, it's easy for different ages to, to identify there. And I think just the movie is so colorful in, and shot in... A, in a very modern way. Right. And I think Artie said it early on. I mean, it feels epic. This doesn't feel like something yeah. kind of contained. This feels bigger than just what you're watching, which I think makes it something that, you know, you watch... Like, my memory of what... This is with my grandmother when I was a kid. Like, she wanted to show me. There was... You know, that's the reason why. Like, I think that's how things kind of go. And that's a time where the best directors were doing these big, grandiose shots. These big, epic shots. So, like, even if you have epic shots, mm -hmm. and then the movie is a musical about a family, like, it works. And that could appeal to the audience at the time. Yeah. Now, it, now speaking of going my way, and I think that this is one, one place I'll, I'll separate the two. Going My Way had a song in it. That was the Billboard number one song of that year. Which is unbelievable. But that's the 40s. Right. And I I, think that song is not going to be on the radio today. Definitely. No, that, one's, the, right. no one's covering that song to a radio hit today. That's of its time. Right. This movie, Sound of the Music, is not of its time. It's timeless. Right. It's a timeless movie. Really, take out 16 and 17. Which doesn't age well. Right, but otherwise it really is. Like, going my way, like, it's fun to play for my son when he takes a bath for so He still loves it. But that song's... But he's not two yet. Right, exactly. Right. So the, will he love it when he's eleven? No, it's it's know, like but, a know. thing he recognizes that he let that he smiles at it and it calms him down because I played one it's time familiar. fifteen times. That's it. Um, if I put we put that on the radio, people are gonna be like, Oh yeah, no, I wanna pay money for this. And I think black and white matters. Yeah. To a broader audience. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, to a broader audience. And, yeah. and, and and you know, going my way didn't really have the soundtrack, like right. we said, they're using Silent Night and right. they're using Three Blind Mice, and those are not and like the main song isn't are... good. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's so where this movie has like like Artie, you said, just, oh, this is from that, this yeah. is from that. Oh my, like, it's it's favorite things. Do re mi the yodelé, yodelé. Like I've right. heard that, I know that. I don't yeah, know yeah. how I know it, but right. I know it. Uh, I mean, potentially E. T. was taken from this. Right, <laughs> E. T. Uh, and and, and also, also, I mean, oh. you know, this is the same director as West Side Story, so you have a, a big time director here with it. I also, and this is to speak to Gigi, it's just I don't think Gigi has the soundtrack that this has. This has songs, put Julie Andrews in the mix, but it has the songs that, that stand the test of time. And the acting isn't getting lost at focus of the songs, and the songs aren't being lost at the focus of the acting. It balances both, that they're both excellent, which makes the pair become better as a whole. And a lot of, I didn't see, again, I didn't see those other two, but a lot of musicals, it's like, the music is part of the normal dialogue, and yeah. this isn't really that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a movie about music coming back into a family. So there's 
And they're pulling out guitars. They're playing right. the song. They're singing the songs. They're not singing their, well, how are you doing today? Like having a, <laughs> a conversation singing back and forth. But now Going My Way has some of that too. Like he's sitting at a piano numerous times or Three Blind Mice with the, you know, the super yeah, they, tough they, New York that City That does kids. a good job of not right. having it be exposition either. Right. right. Which, I, which if you saw it, you would have, you know, it's, it's kind of what you're talking to. But I just think it, it's less. But here's another one that I'll throw out there too, Joe, is the music in this song is accompanied with great visuals, like Artie, you said before. The kids choreographing themselves in a, in a way that entices the visual right. as far as the, as, as the movements. And, and Julie Andrews spinning around while she's right. singing on top of a mountain. Right. Whereas well, Going My Way, it's, listen, it's Bing Crosby singing in front of a piano. And, you know, that's not, the ki- and it's black and white. And we're talking about the kids. In this, the kids are, even if we may only like six of the seven, the kids are all very good in the singing scenes, especially on the stairs. And going my way in the best music scene with the kids, they're it's and we pointed out in the podcast, it's the worst lip syncing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like they're not oh, even in tune. That's like, enough. We're not done with lip syncing with this one too, because I have a few well, bones yeah. to pick a little later on too. We might get, you know, grief for being too complimentary of things, but I'm not saying a bad word about Julie Andrews. I literally after watching I'd never seen a movie with Julie Andrews in it in my life, and then in one day I watched Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> And by the end of the day, I was hypnotically in, like, in, I was in, in a trance. Like, I love Julie Andrews. <laughs> She's amazing. Who else is like Julie Andrews? I think my, I think my argument of Gaga is the closest from Star is Born, and that's not. Oh, yeah, God. That's we a all, great. Right? That is a great. That's my yeah. biggest argument. But even then, it's like. And, you bring and, that up off microphone, though. We can't pop it out on the. Like, that's a great comparison. She would be the closest. She's to the it. closest I could come up with. Yeah. We had this conversation at like 1 o'clock in the morning last night. Yeah, I'd love for you to see Star is Born already. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I made a heavy push last night. Uh, it's a, it's a Which of the five versions should I see? Just the new one. <laughs> the okay. new one. I, okay. you know, I'm a big I, I, Bradley somebody, Cooper fan. Somebody just yeah. stood up out of that chair and went, No, the 1954 version! We've got part one in the books here, yeah. which to me is the superior. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, part one is the superior part two in this one. Artie, there's looks there's like too much Rolf in, in, in the second has, act. Artie has, uh, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say one's superior to the other. Okay. I, I like them both a lot and I view them as like, it's like a magnet, a north and south pole. Like the magnet's not the magnet without both parts of it. I like building it up and then having something happen to the thing you just built up. I like that. Cool. That's, that's like very that, cool. Yeah. So, let's, so let's, let's revisit that thought after we discuss part two. Before we get to part two, in classic BPC fashion, we're going to shift gears. Artie is going to uh, bring his list of three movies here. And in case there are any Sound of Music fans who are closet horror fans, or in case there are any horror fans who are closet Sound of Music fans, <coughs> we're here for you. <laughs> we're here for you. Artie is going to pick, if you, if you listened to uh, a few of our previous episodes, we started this in the Science of the Lambs episode, with myself, Joey R. here, and Chris G., we picked three horror movies, one that we consider a classic, classic, and classic means whatever you want it to mean. It doesn't have to be, it was around in the 20s, it doesn't have to be like a, a well-known 80s horror Just movie. Just a whatever classic you movie. Right. classic. One that we think is a little overlooked or underrated, or one that deserves another... Uh, Just deserves a, a look, doesn't get talked about enough in, yeah. in all the horror movies that people, I don't know, I feel like horror movies, I like the underrated piece, because I feel like a lot of horror movies, people kind of talk about the same five and don't yeah, expand their horizons on it. So one that needs a little love. Yeah. And then one that you think could have been nominated for Best Picture, in your opinion, in the given year it came out. Artie's going to go. Pick them in any three order you want. It's, just, it's up to you which one you want to do first, which one you want to do last. All right. I'll start with the underrated because kind of the way I did that was similar to the top three good bad movies. Like okay. a movie I love that's under 50%. 
So I'm going with Jeepers Creepers. Okay. It's a great choice. Justin Long. I love that movie. Okay. And I, I saw it in theaters alone. Well, in high school, I used to just go to the movie and I still sneak the in the thing. exit and just watch like two movies in a day. And Jeepers Creepers, I remember loving because I'll... Are we... Are we doing spoilers? Yes, it's fine. It was 20 years ago. All right. Yeah, so the movie's 20 years old. So, spoiler alert. I will, I'll throw out here, if you're listening, in the description, it will be time-stamped here. So, if you don't want to hear about these horror movies, you want to go straight to part two of Sound of Music, we'll put that time in there that you can fast-forward to. If uh, you don't want Jeepers Creepers to be spoiled, I think it is streaming today, so you can it pause is. it and watch it if you want. But, already go, go ahead. So, Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers is one of the few movies that really ends up in theaters where the bad guy wins. And I love that. And one of my runners-up for Underrated is another movie like that. Uh, this is just a runner-up. It's Fallen with Denzel Washington and John Goodman about a spirit that inhabits bodies by being touched. I love these movies where the bad guy wins at the end. So first expectations. When... It's nice. Yeah, I like that a lot. But and... It's always good when you have an underrated movie you want to give some love to and then you just... Same and, ending of the movie, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeepers Creepers are really are clamoring. Jeepers Creepers was when I was doing my list. I came up with kind of three for each of the three. Jeepers Creepers was number three for mine. Okay, so Jeep and Jeepers Creepers. I love that. There's so much. They obviously put so much thought into this backstory. They're, we're not seeing everything they thought of. Like this monster as like this whole character that they just give you little shades of it. I think it's so good. And Jeepers so Creepers scary. two holds up too. It does. It's really good. Yeah, and they're scary movies. Like, I remember being scared when they're driving on that dirt road and this huge monster truck comes up behind them. And I think one of the biggest things of the first Jeepers Creepers when they first kind of find the bodies. Oh, in the in that lair? Like, the, oh, like underground church thing? I yeah. think it's just a, I think it's a really good scene that I think people think because Jeepers, the song, people kind of don't take it seriously. I think it's a really scary scene in a movie. Yes, and, and the song comes together at the end. Yeah. All right, so the second is going to be the classic. Okay, classic horror. I am going with Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder version. Oh. Okay, yeah. Okay. Saw it in the theaters. Because I saw that in theaters as well, and that's the best start to a zombie movie I've ever seen. Johnny Cash in the beginning. And then just it just hits the ground running and you're in it, and there's no getting out of it. And that's how a zombie apocalypse would be. It would start and you're just like, shit, what do I do? Yeah, yeah. Um, feel anxious the whole time. The whole time, there's so much, so much cool stuff, great characters. That is one you should see. I remember seeing that. Looking back on it, thinking how to categorize that one in this list, I remember thinking that's that's an instant classic. That's an instant classic. Instant yeah. classic. And like, there is a do- uh, Dawn of the Dead classic car one too, so it kind of ties yeah. into that world. Yeah. I also think that can be underrated because people don't talk about it enough. Right, and yeah. I had a harder time making Jeepers Creepers a classic yeah, no. than I did Dawn of the Dead, so I, I switched right, yeah, them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and now the one that I think could have been up for Best Picture, I recently saw as per Kieran B's recommendation, and it's The Host. It oh. is classified as a horror, yep. um, directed by Bong Joon-ho, the guy who did Parasite. I, I, I'll give you a premise. If you haven't seen this movie, it was recommended to me that you watch it. There's two hosts. There's One is from like 2011 or 13, one's from 2006. This is the 2006 one. My wife wants to watch Parasite, and I said, oh, this guy did this other movie. We should watch it. And she goes, what's it about? And I read the description. I'm like, ah, a river monster comes out of the Han River in Korea. She's like, wait, in Korea? Is it in English? I'm like, no. She's like, I don't want to watch that. By the end of the movie, both of us are welling up. I cried. It's 
It's a masterpiece. It's a complete masterpiece. It totally could have been up for... If Parasite could have been up for Best Picture, this could have been up for Best Picture. Um, that's my movie, The Host that's, by that's Bong on my list. That's, that's the top of my watch next list. And yeah. That movie I saw, and I have been dying to rewatch it, but I have so many other movies that I have to watch for my second job as podcast co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I give, can't wait to rewatch it, though. I'll give RDB some credit here in this one, too, is, is I had watched that and recommended it to him, and I think he watched it either the night of or the next day. Within hours yeah, of so, you rececommending it. So I, he's not just recommending movies. He's watching the ones that are getting recommended, too. And, yeah, I, I love that. You don't right? Could do you think that could have been up uh, for Best Picture? Yeah, but Banju Ho, man, he's got a future ahead of him. He's already he's I mean, already reached the top of the mountain, winning, being the only person to win four Oscars in one night, other than Walt Disney, and the, <laughs> and, the, and, the and the only movie foreign movie to win Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and deservedly incredible, so. and deservedly so. Wasn't a gimmick, right? Nope. Wasn't. And there was a lot of good movies out this year too, and a lot of good. If movies. Parasite came out made. and at the end it said a film by Quentin Tarantino, no one would think anything of it. Yeah. They'd just be like, "This is a great, great movie." Yeah. So that, the host 100%. came out the same year The Departed came out, uh, ironically enough. Did it really? All yeah, right. So we can slide, well, up, slide aside maybe letters to Iwo Jima and slide in the host in there. Yeah, or, oh, uh, that's a good one to slide aside. Know. Or if it's today with the 10 movies, you can easily put it in. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's my list. Uh, okay. Jeepers Creepers, Dawn I of the Dead. I know you and... have one honorable mention here yes. that you want to bring up yes. because it didn't really fit into the category. To be honest, it could have been any of the three categories. Yeah, so why don't you talk about that one? So Rob Zombie remade Halloween. Now, there's the theatrical release that they play on TV, and there's the director's cut, which is an unrated version, which is his true artistic vision. Which That's you, what he wanted. Which you, yeah, yeah. if you, I don't know if you've seen it, yeah, Joey. Seen it. That is a masterpiece for, for rekindling a classic horror movie and having it be an origin story. Yeah. And there's like a supernatural element that he kind of makes somewhat real i really thought he did a phenomenal job remaking that movie and the the theatrical release that they released is just it's it's a classic butcher job really? by by I editors seen the, the theatrical version you you maybe watched the um the director's cut and yeah. i was blown away by it i, I will totally the second theatric, that. i saw the theatrical release in theaters it's yeah. bad. It's, yeah, they, they, it's, the director's cut is good. It's still not... I mean, I still like House of a Thousand Corpses for Rob Zombie better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't like but, remakes, I could see maybe having issues or a huge Halloween fan. Like, I saw that and was like, talented director. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. And I was very impressed by Rob Zombie. Now, I have this question for you, Art. Okay. What would a Rob Zombie remake of The Sound of Music look like? Let's imagine that now. Ooh. <sighs> A lot of colors. A lot of weird colors. <laughs> she might have to be a witch instead of a nun. We'd probably see the wife die. Uh, I'm yeah. picturing Julie Andrews driving the vehicle in the video from Dragula. Like he might sing 16 going on 17 with like weird noises in the background. Joe is like, a different me. Something like that, basically. And then the heavy guitar. Would definitely riff. be darker than the colors we see on the mountain. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking maybe she's kicked out of the witchery and she. You know, maybe she the Abbey is in an Abbey. Maybe the Abbey is in an Abbey. It's like a, a, a witchery. It's a same right. And she tries okay. to go back to the coven and right. the coven's like, uh, you're, you're better off taking care of kids. This is, this is a dark place. Here. Yeah, the captain's a whole different character much darker the, cap- the captain's really Anton LaVey 
And it takes rabbits. place in the House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> Ra- rabbit screeching come into play at some point. Uh, Rain Wilson still, a, whatever they turned him into, the merman <laughs> yeah. from the House of a Thousand so, Corpses. So, Robbie, oh, if you're out man. there. Robbie Zombie, if you're out there listening, we're giving you gold here. We're giving you ideas. Yeah, I'll tag you, Rob. <laughs> we'll drink some Montauk beers. We'll work out the script. We got you. The BPC has you. Uh, okay, part two. That may, have to be, that, may, that may have to become a segment at the end. Could Rob Zombie remake this movie? <laughs> that that, and, that and, is yeah. our intermission discussion at every movie. <laughs> Could Rob Zombie remake? Now, what do you think Rob would have done with that? <laughs> Mr. Zombie, if you will. Oh, oh I hope there's... Air, some, air Zombie. I hope there's Sound of Music fans who are sticking with us through this here yeah. for part two. But, but they may be two new, new segments. It's, could... Could Rob, could Zombie, Rob make Zombie remake it and could Robert Shaw star in it? What's the Robert Shaw role that we can write into this movie? All right, part this, two. It'd be called The Sound of Devil Music. <laughs> so the intermission's done, the, uh, the untrusted. How do you pronounce that word? That's in the. It plays the intermission and it's the ENT. Yeah, I had trouble with it. Apostrophe C. I never know how to yeah. pronounce that word. But. Uh, what? They play the, the segment of music. Because first it's the intermission, yeah. the... then it breaks into like, it's, it, it means enter. It's like entros. Entros. Entros, yeah. French. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well, we can't go a BPC episode without butchering some language. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I, did, I thought my pronunciation had been pretty good. Slumlo was hysterical, reading the cast. Uh, yes, also, and, I can't say cuckoo's nest? I didn't know that. Right. <laughs> one flew one cuckoo's nest, one flew cuckoo's nest. Um, I skip words. Yes. You said the music of sound before I let it go. Did I really? Listen. What makes the PPC work is yes. the humanity. Of oh, and of yes, course. Yes. I do cringe when I'm editing and I hear myself call A.R. Rahman, A.R. Rahman. All right? <laughs> yes, I am, I am aware. But when I'm reading up a big list in the beginning, come on. Look, I'm just uh, taking, uh, taking you behind uh, the scenes here a little bit, breaking that wall. Okay, part two. So we, we start off... <laughs> Quid pro quo. I still can't say it. I still can't say it. <laughs> there's no second, there's no quid, second R. Quid pro quo. Quid. Part two of Sound of Music. Uh, so we start off with this aggressive game of uh, number ball, are we going to call it? Where, they're uh, just bullying the Baroness. Yeah. Four, Which, three, two. And she's just taking it. Yeah, they're throwing like a medicine ball right. in her abdomen. Oh, like, that didn't look at fake. First, at first, I was like, oh, this is undeserved. And then two seconds late after the game, she's like, I'm going to send them to boarding school. I was like, these kids got to throw this ball harder. What a oh. dick. I mean, they were like the Detroit Pistons beating up the late 80s Bulls. Yeah, just, know, like, Bill Lambeer and, and the best and Rodman they, bouncing like one around. bounce and like <laughs> the best was they were doing like the fake where they were you know Frederick look at Liesl just tossing her yeah, face yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're head faking her yeah then the Baroness is like that's when it got personal for me right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending him to boarding school <laughs> going, I singled out Liesl after that last one. and then I just love how like then they're like alright Baroness we're done she's like oh oh, that's okay oh, thank you uh, thank you uh, I'm, I'm done we'll too. play again same time yeah, tomorrow <laughs> they're like yeah I can't wait yeah the Baroness is gonna hit the gym in the off season and come back and show them yeah she's really she needs a trainer but right. Max so, isn't gonna do it Max is worried about the pastries <laughs> oh yes make it an even three right so so he's, mean, a, he's the king of lines by the way what a well written character Max's script Max. is phenomenal just super clever quips. Yeah. Yeah, now they work. She's like, uh, he's like, I don't really even, the captain's like, I don't even know if I know you. He's like, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you don't know. So the, the kids want to kind of figure out where Marie is. And she kind of just pieced out. She had the old Irish exit. Yeah, and just I'm left a here. weird like, note. But put back her old dress on and she's head back. I thought it was when the when he, captain makes the kids sing, there was no heart in it. And like, it really showed how important Maria was to it. And I was like, I, I can't sing. 
but I assume it would be hard for these kids to sing in such like a still sing well, but without life. Right? Like, yeah. That would be difficult. There's no passion. It's like, right. perform for us now. Please do it. <laughs> right. They're like, well, you don't really want to. But like with her, it was fun. It's like, right. let's sing, yeah. you know? And like, you felt the difference. And I thought that was yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, you get a little shades of what Max is trying to do with them and take them on right, tour. Right, exactly. Really just making them basically a... Puppet act. act. Yeah, dog yeah. and pony show. Puppet, puppet act. act. There, there we go. We found yeah. some use the for the goddamn puppet team. We're finding the... We're finding the uh, putting those the threads together. Between yeah. the, Fuck the it. It took a while, but we found something. <laughs> it's loose. It's loose. That's right. So the kids go and they see... They they try to go see Maria mm. at the Abbey. And, I mean, what are the visitation rules here? You can't, like... I mean, what? Seclusion? What is that? Mean? Seven cute kids want to right. see the mob? Like, uh, the come ri- on, the, let her, let her listen, see Listen, this her. is 1938 Austria. This is the rich guy who we're assuming from the medals is a World War One hero. We're just like, nah. And yeah, they know who they are. are. He's like, oh, the Von Trapp kids. Yeah, nah, you can't see her. You oh, know, geez. in an era of cell phones, I, there was something that made me kind of warm and fuzzy inside about being able to go into seclusion. Like, no one could get in touch with you. It's like, wait, what? Really? As long as you want until you decide? Like, I don't have my phone yeah. on me for five minutes. I'm like, and who texts me? Text you guys about movies. <laughs> yeah, you have 98 mixed texts about both. I text other people about wrestling and my wife texting me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like five minutes, I'm like, oh, man. What movie are we talking about? I'm going to be 100 texts behind and look like a jabroni trying oh, to come yes, back in. Our, our group chat gets very, uh, very rough. Because following the group chat, we go from yelling about Battleship to talking lovingly about Silence of the Lambs to a million other things yeah. very yeah, rapidly. Straight to, straight to office memes. Right. So now Maria is going to talk to... The Reverend Mother. The Reverend Mother. And I think for the Reverend Mother having, what, maybe eight minutes of screen time? It's just... Brilliant human being. Oh, brilliant. She's like Buddha. Okay, so we'll do this now. You guys like the Oscar nom for her? Oh, that's a bit much. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Supporting? You know what? I'm fine with that. Yeah, honestly, because she's the one who's like, I hey. haven't seen any other movies from that year. So right. No, no, no. So about, but, but just I, basically, like, her when you watch this movie, did was there an Oscar-nominated performance? Come, was I'm it? okay with it. Because her, she played super pivotal parts twice in guiding Maria to... Do the best thing for Maria. She hmm. helped Maria, uh, you know, and a scattered kind of unusual person who says they can't shut up helps her kind of focus that energy into the right place and isn't like, oh no, we need nuns. You know, this was nineteen no, in 1938. Acting, people wanted to be nuns. I think she. There, though, I she? thought she was genuinely trying to help Maria find her way. She As was. Person, she was like a not, guiding light to it. She's like, yeah. you know, this worked for me, and it worked. The nunnery worked right. for me, and it works for others. It might not work for you. And, and she said, "Do you that, love him? If you love him, that doesn't mean you love God less. It right. just means that's for you is the right thing to do." Right. So I think her role is pivotal in kind of guiding Maria. But to your point, is, okay, so is there is, enough is, acting? Is That's how the character is written. Is the performance conveying how that character is written to you guys? Now, to the she, point where she deserves to be nominated for an award. Is she, I have to ask you this, so I don't know. Is she before this movie like a like a Broadway star or something? Because her operatic singing voice is like... She actually had trouble with this song. Okay, so I want to... You can tell that there's three different yeah, takes I'm gonna, they yeah, put yeah, together. I'm going to go here now. I'm going to go here now. Because this is ultimately... One of my issues with this with this actress performance. The Climb Every Mountain song is next. Yes. Okay. Does that take place in the same room that... This is the two of them in the convent. Yeah, okay. All right. 
She's singing the song. This is, I, I'm right into Simon Cowell. Okay, thank you. I'm just going to quickly tell you, thank this you. is the LVP of the movie for me, this scene. I, I, I just have the picture of Simon Cowell putting the right hand up. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> That'll be all. Oh, but, but the song Actually, wasn't she, over yet. She, uh, no, 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 we've had enough. She uh, was in the vote. original Star I, is I, Born. I vote no. She's in the original Star is Born. Mm -hmm. okay. This is the vibe. This is the LVP scene for me in the movie. Because this is a good song. Like, because you hear the song later on, it, it's a, I like the song. Yeah, see, one of my issues with the song is I don't understand what the hell she's saying because the vibrato is, like, absurd. Yeah, it's a terrible performance okay. of the song. And this is the only Academy Award. She was nominated for a Golden Globe in 1966 for The Sound of Music. Okay. Um, and then two primetime Emmys in the 50s. Okay, but this is her only movie award yeah, for But she it. was in The Stars Born too. So, yeah, so it now, just seems like a support. About it being she, has a good, she has a good supporting... Yeah, like, her, her career, she has a lot of things where she was clearly not the lead. So it's the LVP because, first of all, the movie cinematographically, I struggle with that word every podcast, <laughs> is beautiful. Yeah. And this scene is literally a camera still with the, with the woman singing and Julie Andrews staring at her, making no expressions. And then at the end of the song, the last note, which she obviously couldn't hit and slip synced or yeah. something, is a different volume. It's way louder. I was having high school flashbacks yeah. were, and getting yelled at by a nun. There were major issues with this yeah. scene and it... It revolved around the actress's performances that she yep. was having trouble singing the song. Very hard song to and sing. Then on top of that, was having a hard time lip syncing the song. That's why you see a couple shots of her staring out the window, and you see the back, back. of her head. That makes sense because there's one shot where Julie Andrews is looking at her, and she's in complete darkness, and you can't see anything yes. but a shadowy figure. That's why I'm like, why did they decide to film this this way? This is like an uplifting scene, and they're filming it like it's noir. Yeah, and and it makes sense that they I couldn't mean, get it. You know, we'll, it was like borderline black and white. Taking yeah. nothing away from her career or or that actress. I mean, this is the only thing that I've seen her in. And I think her other scenes are fine. If you can't execute one of the scenes, why are we nominating you for an Oscar? And you have to lip sync this scene. And, and lip -sync I can't argue with you. Yeah, I hear and, you. And it's, it's, I like the role she plays, but the song, yeah, I can I, it, it, I, if she didn't get an no, Oscar. No, you know what? We can't agree. No, she deserves the win. If all else was bullshit, <laughs> you're wrong. But you know, conflict. You know what, though? <laughs> Hashtag conflict. <Forced> conflict. <laughs> and, and this is going to go into with the lip syncing. When you have Bradley Cooper performing the songs live in front of a crowd. I mean, they put him in front of an unknowing crowd. And you have losing the Best Actor Award right. to Remy Malik. Who's lip syncing yep. somebody else performing the songs in a lesser movie? Give me a break, right? Like, right. and and so I'm saying, if you can't perform it, fine. Like, you can be in the movie or whatever, but I'm not nominating you for an award, and you're certainly not going to win the damn award. So that's one that's I've always had an issue with that particular. I'll be completely honest. Malik Before one I made my point about how good she was, I think her role is good. I did not know she had won. <laughs> you did not know what? That she won. So I do see what you're saying, though. So she didn't win. She, she was Oscar nominated. Nominated. Yeah, nominated. yeah, yeah I didn't know she was Oscar nominated for that either. It's not. I do think. I, it's whatever. Whatever the act. But I do think that role, take out that song, still is an important role. She, in, she, she's one of my favorite characters in the movie. I just think it helps. Mar yeah, so. It's like yeah, Maria's cause to, to nominate her. I so love maybe, super reasonable people. Like, right. And yeah, she's so super she's logical. Pragmatic. She's perfect logic. Like, yeah, and her which I love. Actually, my favorite quote from the movie is her, so I'm fully in support of her. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a good split then. It's a good split. So she's headed, uh, Maria, <laughs> conflict. Maria has headed back to the Von Trops. And we ha I think this is the Baroness's best scene. 
kids are doing a little live yeah. routine to their dad the, with the berries. And so you see the change in the in the dad there, whereas yeah. the, the dad in the beginning of the movie is not gonna. He would have been just not playing. With he would have been. Whooping I, I want to throw this nitpick out there. I want to enter the, the old nitpick zone for a second here. I have one too for this scene. He leads with this house is all about discipline, like, and he's a military guy, and if he's got whistles for everything, like. Discipline, the concept of discipline doesn't seem to be something that should waver over a couple of days. Even if you have like a breakthrough, it still seems there should be a fundamental foundation but of I think discipline. Where now it's just like, now he's just like Mr. Whimsical. Mr. Yeah, just like, <laughs> hey, like, like uh, American dad flipping burgers in the backyard. Yeah. Like, I think the idea is that this was him before the wife died. And then he became the super disciplinary okay. person to take away... Because being super disciplined, black and white, takes no. Them. It takes no emotion to be. This is this is right. Oh, this is wrong. This is good. This oh, is okay, bad. Okay. Take the wife out. So the wife is the emotion, the heart of it. Right. He loses the heart. So he, so he has to be black and white. So right, yeah. exactly. So he falls back on the I training. I it that way. As well. And then when Maria comes in, now there's heart in it. So now he's able to be. Show me the strawberries. And the kids are comfortable enough kind of going back and forth. They're still really? a little scared, right. but they, they get But they, it. they know that he's not going to whistle them into the river. My here thing is, six weeks ago, they heard a song about raindrops on kittens and... And they're just at, just throwing this out there, hoping for Maria after the thing. And they remember it word by word? I don't believe that. Well, I think... They were struggling. I'll throw this one Not up. really. They I pretended think, to struggle. There you go. Once we're entering the musical world, Which, I think all these people who suddenly know the lyrics to every song, I, agree. I think you have to kind of suspend. It's like, all right, we're in, we're in, we're in musical universe here. Hey, it's nitpicking like, zone. I just yeah, think like, that, and normally like, I'm like, oh, sister, uh, sister Daffodil knows all her harmonies out of nowhere right, and listen, every word to the song perfectly. Listen, you know? every time I've never worried about how come in Dirty Dancing when Swayze goes down the aisle, everybody knows what to do behind him. But, <laughs> right. I just, I just clap. Yeah, there, there's some, there's some. <laughs> but for just for that, I was like, they, they wouldn't remember this. They're kids. Gretel's three. She's not going to remember all word verbatim. But and now, when Julie, when they hear Julie Andrews' voice, their elation is That's awesome. Such a good scene. right. It's a really, it's now, just really great. If I want to throw in like a logical uh, answer to that nitpick, they are preparing to go on tour. And that is conceivably one of the songs that they're going to perform. It's a great on point. Tour. Okay. So that okay. would be a, a way okay. maybe they would have. That's really good point. I'll take it. Yeah, you could really say that yeah. about any of the songs. Right, mm-hmm. that really works. That they're like working on it. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought about more like the sound of music and Edelweiss and, you know, the goodbye song. So I'll, I'm on board there. We're headed back to the gazebo. The love gazebo. The love gazebo. We're 16, Which they had a seat. They had a. We're 16 becomes 17. Uh, it. He, he says peace out to the old Baroness. She's, and she does it. She, she does it well. She goes gracefully. This is she the Baroness's... I don't love her through this movie because I think she's playing... She doesn't commit to good or bad. She's just kind of there. I think this is her best scene. When she says, like, oh, I see someone who's not going to be a nun, I'm like, oh, my God, that's really good. Like, she sees yeah. the bigger picture stuff. She actually... She realizes these kids aren't for her. She gives up. Yeah, she's like, how do, I, how do you compete with Julie Andrews? Mm-hmm. Like, she's... I, I, like, I think she's really good in that. I agree. Back to the gazebo. And obviously making these gazebo scenes dark... Is it choice? Well, also, so Julie Andrews had problems where she was laughing all the time. Because apparently one of the lights yeah. over there had, like, a hum. Yeah, so she was yeah. laughing yeah. throughout the whole thing. So that's why they had to pull back weird. But the other gazebo... That's so cute of too. Julie. 
<laughs> she would. She would. I know her after that's watching the, two movies in one day. That's the Julie I know. I know that Julie. If I know Julie Andrews. <laughs> that's my Jules. Um, okay, so they kiss. My question. Okay. We're meant to believe that this is her first kiss, correct? Uh, may not be her first kiss, but I would, yes, it's, I would say that that's a fair bet. Right, because she says, when she's talking to the Reverend Mother, she says, like, you know, I've never kind of thought, even thought like this before. Not, yeah. I've never felt this way, like, oh, I've never been in love before. It's the way she makes it seem like she's never even kind of considered a guy before. Yeah, so kind this, of how yeah, it this took, is probably Right, kiss, that's right. kind of, we're on the same page with that? Yeah. Okay. She seems that way when she's, like... Starts having feelings for him, too. She's like, what is this? She doesn't really know what the feelings are. Yeah. She's yeah, like, what, is, what am I like, what's happening? Okay. I just straight want... to marriage. Right. You know, first faster than Rebecca. This was a faster yeah. than Rebecca. At least, they got, at least she got a kiss in. Wait, Rebecca wait. was just like, he's just driving. He's like, you're going to be my damn wife now. She's like, I took you okay. away from that old woman. We're getting married. <laughs> okay. This goes even further. We have a guy who calls off a wedding to his wife, walks downstairs, and sets up another wedding yeah, with another person. He's moving and minutes, and shaking. Like, yeah, he's... You're getting married, buddy. Don't relax. Right. That's right. That's right. The wedding scene. Polar okay. opposite. The nuns are... Now, I love page. the way that... I okay, love the way the church looks, by the it's way. It's beautiful. Awesome. Beautiful Great building. shot. You see the big crowd. And the way they kind of like... Almost like they needed a crane to do it. Like they were looking at her and kind of walked like over her. Yes. Yeah. And then the wedding march of... How do you solve a problem like Marie? Now hold on a second. This is my <laughs> this is my problem here with this. You it, play. It's not bad enough that you have this song that you sing when she's not around a roaster. You play. Now this is her wedding you song. You play Canon and What happened to Here Comes the Bride? No, it's not like. Oh, Marie! Now, do you, wait, Everybody wait, 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 hates wait, wait, wait. Marie. Now, do you like, think like, they are? Are you no, thinking in world or out world? They're not singing that in the church. No, or this is playing in the courts. Like, She's what, we. No, we. Uh, it's definitely bit. for the audience. No. <laughs> every other song, every other song in that movie is in the movie. We cannot <laughs> yeah. assume that the one Listen song the is out the of the movie. Of the but I don't. It. No. Fine, but aren't just the nuns singing it and they're locked out? But they're singing. Isn't it fair to assume that the whole church isn't hearing them over the every we? Hear every song because it's natural to the world we are watching. We can, please no, turn, I get it, but what that please just, turn to page seventy-five in your missalettes to what the hell are we going to do with Maria? Yeah, like I don't get that. Like why that wouldn't add up? I agree, it's a weird choice. Yeah, but a weird that choice. was what she walked out. Yeah, you walk down to Canon and D. You walk well, out to here comes the bride, choice. and that's what we call it a day. Here's how you solve the problem, Maria. You have someone kiss her and demand that that right. she marry him, and right. then boom, we're Dick. done. Is the answer. You know what I'd want to know? I'd want to know. I'd want to know. <laughs> I, I, wow, talk about derailing a thought. I would want to know if the lyrics for the last time they sing it Same. were mildly different. They're not. Unless I missed something, I listened to them twice. Yeah, they replay the songs pretty much. Yeah, they're pretty. They're right. Because, you like, know, if it was like a new verse, it's like, right. oh, she gets married to the cow. Yeah, I kind of liked how each song got like a second play. And you a know, little like bit different. Much yeah. Every main song yeah. got two plays. The, which the songs had character. Yeah, they did. Because they, they were did. a little bit different. It was nice. Like again, because they lived in that world. They weren't outside the world where they were played a kind of overthink. You could, you could throw the idea out there that that they're singing "Here Comes the Bride," but the audience is hearing "What Are We Going to Do About Maria?" Maybe I mean, if I'm Julie abstract. Andrews and they're singing this song behind me, I'm like, "What the hell are they doing?" Yeah, what is it? Wait, That's wait, why it's weird. Why does everyone know the lyrics to this song? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like the captain's up there. He's like, "How do you pin down the cloud?" <laughs> <laughs> great, 
great grandma Ethel was singing this song. How does she know? The oh, lyrics? was her family there? Because why are her daughter, her new they stepdaughters? Do so they don't even touch on her family? No, no, yeah, they, yeah, we know nothing. I mean, not important. She's I'm assuming, like the Joker. She has no backstory. I'm assuming she's an orphan who ended up in an abbey. <laughs> wow, what a time! I mean, it's, time. It, it's fair to assume that, but she also says I grew up on that hill, so it seems like she grew up in like one spot. Like that's her. I mean, that may have successfully been the first time anyone's compared Julie Andrews. <laughs> To the Joker. Well, I'm just saying that yeah. she's got no backstory in this. I Mary Poppins, what's the backstory there? Uh, yeah, well, she. there's definitely a movie there for Mary Poppins. Like, origin yeah, story. Yeah, an origin story. Yeah. Yeah, there's something going she's on. She's like, like 700 years prior. She's well, like her a the witch. Ch- her yeah. the chimney sweep with 17 jobs, just knowing each other real well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have something for that. All right, so now we're, a we're lot getting of Mary Poppins points. Yeah, the Nazis are rearing their yeah. This this is where the Nazis really you know captains ripping up um, Nazis. Also, month long honeymoon, month long honeymoon, good for them, uh, right? Hell yeah. yeah! And Max, the ever the opportunist, being like, "Oh, you're gone, and I'm watching your kids for some reason. I'm gonna make them into a side <laughs> to like them, right?" Yeah, this movie takes a hard right turn when the Nazis come in. All right, I think. Come on, it's been so a pleasure. Good. That was so good. I'm out. It just, it just came to me. Hard right turn. Come on. Wow. Anyway, once I saw Nazis, I'm like, oh shit, stuff might happen in this. This isn't just now the musical. Conflict. And then we get the, you know, that the captains asked to go back. Well, demanded to go back to the navy. What kind of army is that that just takes people who don't want to be in it and like the Nazis? Puts, uh, the Nazi the Nazis. Army? No, I know, no, I know and, and tons of armies before, but like, how do you get those people to actually fight for you? you like, kill them you're gonna if they put this. You're yeah. gonna give this guy a ship and let him go out there. What's he because gonna do? He's an Austrian. No, now he is a Nazi. The German, I, I feel like there should be more stories of German like took over. They gave this guy a ship and he went. F this. And but that's a World AWOL. War II movie. When they filmed, because they filmed this in Salzburg, um, they, they used stock footage of them driving in because they didn't want to put all the Nazi flags up to freak out all the people who lived there. And that's a good idea. When the people, and they, but like the mayor was like, no, it's okay. Like, we'll tell everybody what we're doing. And they were like, no, we're not going to do that. That's real fucked up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. these people who live through the That's reliving a trauma. The right. mayor's like, it's fine. Just relive right. the trauma. Right. But they wouldn't do it. And they only, which was the right move. Yeah. But yeah. That was the right move. <laughs> That's the last oh, one. Oh, Nazi puns are a thing now, I guess. We're moving to... They're right, pushing so, the car. Yeah, the family tries to sneak out. They do I love of, that scene. Yeah. Really great scene. And I think that scene was really great. I think the kids were actually really good in that. When they were... Like, how the adults kind of explained things was super smart. Yeah. I like that the butler sees him, too. And yeah. then we just never hear of that again. Little, like, it's a reverse thrill. twist. It's, it's, a, like it's, a a little, it's a little red herring in a movie that does, you wouldn't expect red herrings. So. Yeah. Okay, so I want to I wanna throw this out here now. Because this is one of my problems with the movie. I think the first half is excellent. And I think it's it's a lopsided movie in, in the side. I'm interested, Artie, you, you disagree with that. I'm interested to hear what you have to say with that. I actually but, think this is where the second half gets really good. And okay, battles and, the and, first part. And here's where I'll disagree. I thought that the, the Nazi stuff came in a bit abrupt and it's a little bit rushed I think that the the final scene with with Rolf mm-hmm. and all that I think there's a good idea there I love how it's shot I love that Hannibal yeah. Lecter like dungeon yeah, yeah. they're in that's very cool I think it's the Abbey I think right it's yeah, yeah but it's, the the way they it's shoot like it, the Abbey like Cemetery like yeah it looks yeah. like yeah you're in, in a cool because the uh, Abbey has a cemetery yeah, see yeah, I actually I just I feel like they get to that too quick I think it was done on purpose I think so the yeah, movie kind of slow plays it, right? They kind of slow play Rolf kind of first. I think at this point, once they decide to leave, I think it's great because I think it's trying to almost be like, 
oh, Austria was taken over peacefully. I'm air quoting peacefully. Like, this happened very quick. So I think it's almost like the, holy shit, we need to do something. And where Max is like, oh, we can't compromise with these people. There is not going to be a tour like you had said earlier. And I think that's, I think it was kind of done on purpose in a way that way. My issue with the slow play, though, is, is that if you're going to slow play and front load the movie, then you can't zip through the conflict at the end. And I feel like the conflict's a little zipped through. If you intertwine some foreshadowing of the conflict, a little, they did some, but I think a little more in the earlier parts of the movie, because they definitely took their time getting right. to where they needed to go in the first half. You know, going through the, through the Abbey and into the Eye of Confidence. They, they took their sweet time to get her to sure. Von Trapp's. Give me a little sense of things aren't so great earlier on. So that it that that conflict packs a little more of a punch in the end. So I'm a little more like they might not get out of this. It was a, it was a little Scooby Dooish at the end, where it's just like, oh, we got an issue here. Up, up, up. We're gonna run around. Up, oh, we got him. Got Ralph's gun. Done. Because I almost wonder how much of it was also how much did they write about in the book? Where maybe in 1965, when you're only 20 something years removed. Like, all right, we're doing a movie in Austria. How much do we really want to put Nazis on? Yeah, and I think screen? that that's probably ultimately the answer is to making a kids movie, and or a family movie. Maybe not a kids movie because it's not it's not really a kids. It's movie. not a kids movie. No, it's, 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 a kid's it's a kids family. Kids movie. It's yeah. a family it's a friendly chase. movie. Focusing on the Nazi. We don't need to make a Clint Eastwood movie where we're we're focusing on the the dark side of the Nazis. I get that. But I, I just think when you're when you're trying to rise conflict in the end, you have to earn it. I didn't get the vibe that it was rushed. I thought it flowed smoothly. Um, I think I love development, and I think the first half is development. It's it's Maria's development, the family's development, the second the half is development, the captain's development, and the second half is them going through something together. And it kind of jumps right in, and I like that. And it it from where it jumps into where it ends, it's steady. It doesn't feel rushed to me. It feels like the flow is steady, and I liked it. Yeah, I didn't get the vibe that it was rushed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I kind of did. The, I felt the rush was more purposeful. Like I think it was supposed to be like because they talk about it. Like you know, Austria is Austria. Austria is not going to be Germany. And then all of a sudden, it's germ. Now it's Germany, and like, what do we do? Yeah, yeah. It's I, scary I, situation. Yeah, I did. I did definitely like their absence of presence while performing in that last scene, mm -hmm. where they, you could clearly see their mind was elsewhere while yes. they were singing. Similar to Joey, what you brought up before. When the kids are singing with Maria not around, right. their head is elsewhere while they're singing. They're not giving. It's not that. It's not that. The push. Yeah, that organic heart and soul performance. It's we're on a stage, just kind of getting through the motions because we're worried about escaping here. And then I think if I'm just going to put a, a little ribbon on that issue I have at the end is it, after they escape, it just kind of ends. I'd like to maybe live in the escape a little more. Well, in real life, if they actually escaped that way, they would have ran right into Hitler's winter cabin in the hills so <laughs> you know we don't want to go that far <laughs> the stretching history they'd rather do off screen yeah than so screen. what they actually did walk to they walked right to a train station and took a train in to real Italy, life right? in real yeah, life but yeah. that's not as good in the movies so that would not be entertaining if they got on a train I, yes you well, know we start the movie in the mountains 100 right, it had to go that it way is, yes. i was gonna say once the shot the shots started getting wider and further away again i'm like oh he's about to roll the credits right. i was like is this the end and my wife's like it's gotta be and then it rolled yeah, and I've said this in the past, I'll say it again. I don't want movies based on true stories to entirely base themselves in the truth. Like, it's I a think. movie, and I want to be entertained, yeah. and I want you to take take narrative... Make it good. Yeah, take, take some, yeah, right. take some take some liberties. Yeah, take liberties. some liberties. 
And it, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. This is a movie. Right, you exactly. Know, g- give me something that I'm going to like, not like, well... They tried to get away, but instead they did this and they did that. Right. Like, it, just give me, give me. No, I agree. Okay, so now we're going to head into the BPC Awards. So we're going to do the BPC Awards. When we're done with that, we're going to talk a little Mary Poppins. BPC Awards. I'm going to start with MVP. Artie. Oh, this is a pretty obvious one. It's Julie Andrews. <laughs> she carries the movie. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think that this is an AFI Top 100. I don't think this is in the public domain today really much if she's It's all Julie it. Andrews. Yeah, and any disagreements there? This is a this is a quick. This is an easy obvious. Yeah, this one. is a quick and easy MVP. Yeah, you agree, right? I 100 percent agree. Yeah, I don't think that. I, don't I think, think there's you not can, an argument elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you can make a defendable case. Right. You know, even if you're going director, I don't think it works. Yeah, I think she's the she is the MVP of this deal. She's why this works. She's why this is so great. Yeah. Now we're gonna go to LVP. Joey, would you like to start here? Oh yeah, my LVP is Rolf. Mm, Rolf. Ralph, I, I really hated Ralph, and I, I said it earlier, I'm really happy Family Guy beheaded him. So, <laughs> so, so we're going to start with Ralph here. So we first, we see him hitting on Liesel, 16 on 17, thinks he knows what's up. Then we see him a few minutes later, he's throwing out the Hail Hitler real early, before the takeover. Yeah. You know, just really, really showing he's a, he's a front runner. So I, you know, just making poor choices. Then all of a sudden he joins the Nazi party early on and is just a dick to Liesel when he gives her the telegram. Then he's in the search party for the girl he was supposed to be with to make all her decisions for her like a true misogynist. Now he outs them. Then he pulls a gun on the captain. and He can't even fucking shoot him. <laughs> so, he's, that is, so he joins the Nazi party and then is a shitty Nazi. <laughs> so and then after he like, like <laughs> gives up his gun sorry to hop into this because I have the same LVP I'm not gonna no spoil like no no reason to hold the suspense right. then he rats him out like, right. a, like a wuss like Lieutenant, come on Lieutenant. <laughs> he told me I wasn't a oh, real okay. Nazi so like, okay tough guy how about right. you shoot him right you pull the gun on someone like the captain you better shoot him because that guy's been in some shit and all all and the captain had to do was run. Instead, right. he's like, you're never going to be one of them. And that's like, really The captain first is like, come with us. You could get away from this. Yeah. He rolls the old dice. I mean, right. The kid could have gotten nervous and just shot right. him. Right, but the captain. Like, he channeled his inner bond. That's why right. like he could have been but in the, one of those bonds. The captain's movies. a badass. That's why the guy's, you know. He knew Rolf wasn't going to fire. You Rolf's know, a big being pussy. in the military. Yeah, he's a kid holding a gun. He's not going to fire it. Here's the thing. Wasn't a killer in his eyes. Right. I make My LVPs are consistently the people who make the worst. First choices within the world we're watching, and this Rolf sucks. All right, so for the sake of being different with the LVP, since okay. obviously I know we're gonna get a, a, an nah, LVP sweep, which I don't think we've ever had. No, we would have so, had a, yeah. for a hashtag conflict. We would have had a. I honestly was like, obviously Rolf, like, yeah. but I don't want to pick him. So I went with the scene with Reverend Margaret Margarita singing to. Julie Andrews that, in that chamber because that stood out to me as cinema cinematographically terrible. Didn't didn't sync with the, the rest song of the sounded like three different like like they sang it one time, a second time, and a third time, and took what worked and mushed it together. And then at the end, she's literally screaming the last note. It was you don't understand what she's saying. That's the worst scene in the movie. Yeah, there's. I mean, that's like it's tough. Objectively, yeah. one of the least valuable moments it's, of the movie. And yeah. there was they could barely film it. Right. Yeah. I mean, can't. That's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting choice. It was bad. Um, 
And the runner, Rolf. Up, the runner up. The runner up. Well, I didn't want to be Julie, Julie, Julie. Rolf, Rolf, Rolf. I know, yeah, right? no. Yeah. So that would have been boring. But the runner up scene is the puppet show scene. But now we have understood the tie ins to that. So we've, we've rejuvenated we've the puppet scene. We've a rejuvenated bit. it, has meaning now. Let's do scene of the movie here. Because there's a couple of interesting candidates. And like I know I have like three on the top of my head. Yeah, I had three. I'll start. Okay. I guess I have a few, but I think ultimately I'm going to go with Maria meeting the kids and the captain for the first time. Her okay. first encounter with the captain and then the kids to introducing the themselves along with the whistle. Yeah, so so I'll take that scene from when he calls the kids down, does the whole whistle trick straight through to the frog. So that that I'll okay. call that that whole scene. I think that's scene in the movie. A couple very close runners up, but I, I'm going to go with that one. I even like right before he calls the kids down, he's like, hmm, take your hat off. Oh, well, yeah, he has to sort of spin around. He's like, what's, like, it's the dress. And she's like, well, we got rid of all our other clothes. We gave them to the poor. And he's like, well, what about this one? She's like, the poor didn't want this one. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way she's so excited about right. every yeah. bad news, every piece of bad news she delivers. She smiles. She's happy about yeah. it. Yeah, so there, there, there were a couple of close runners up. But, Joey, what'd you go with to see the movie? I think my favorite was, um, from the captain's turn with bringing music back in too. You know, I think we'll extend it from kind of the boat when they're all soaking wet because that's when she says like, no, you know, no, I'm not done. You know, you're listening to me. And then he fires her, but then he hears the kids singing and then she doesn't, you know, she does not presume she is rehired. Like he makes a point of saying like, no, no, you're, you're clearly not going anywhere. You brought music into the house. I think that's, that for me did it. I think there's a lot of other really good scenes. I, actually, when I was like writing down scenes, the opening scene in the hills to the singing really was like I had to argue myself out of the first five minutes of the movie not being the scene of the movie, and yeah. you know, but that's that's what I ultimately went with. I agree with you. My MVP, my, uh, my scene of the movie is the same scene um, wow. from when she tells off the captain and says, "No, you're going to listen to me. You need to hear this. Like someone needs to say it to you." Yeah, where they the, where he's like he fires her. Yeah, and... yeah, and then into her him walking in and hearing them singing and him and, joining in and and then he joins in. It, that whole thing is is amazing I, to me. I have a couple. I have, you know I really love the nun the nun singing in the in the abbey at the beginning of the movie and the opening scene. Is amazing too. Um, those are both candidates as well, but I went with the same scene Joey went with. Yeah, and I think that, I think at the end of the day, that's probably the most important scene in the movie. That, now that I'm hearing you guys talk about it, runners up that you guys had were already the nuns singing. I love the choreography of them, uh, the way they yeah, all great, stand, yeah. and that song is great. And she runs in, and they're just introducing the character. I love that. Yeah. Uh, the opening scene as well is as yeah. outstanding. That made me. Five seconds into this movie, I'm like, okay, this isn't what I thought it was. Yeah. This guy knows what he's doing. Right. That really impressed me a lot. And I think, um, you know, in the second half, um, I actually really like when the captain was singing Edelweiss and kind of slipped a little bit. And Maria comes in and then the kids come in and yeah, then yeah. Max, Max's kind of sleight of hand. Like, I think that was the best one of the second half. Yeah. Uh, my, like main runner up, my main runner-up is just Do Re Mi, just because... Right. I just think that as far as like cinema history goes, awesome. like that's yeah. the scene that lives on sure. to today. Like you'll, that could be on any movie clip. That that's I think that when people think Sound of Music, that's, the image they probably look at is her spinning around the mountains right. in the beginning. That's like the meme, or not not the meme, but that's like that's the, the image. That's I the mean, poster the image. Cover of the movie, yeah. yeah. Right. And and yeah, and I mean, Clark Griswold. Style. But I think that Do Re Mi scene is the one that lives into twenty twenty. And sixteen going see. on seventeen, of course. <laughs>
But I, I, uh, I, this is a, this one is a one unique to our BPC musical episodes. Song of the movie. I think. I think the Edelweiss song at the end is great because they're like, goodbye, and they're out of there. They're like, fuck it, we're leaving. So this one has uh, songs that are played a couple times. Right. So which song stands out to you as the song of the movie? Which song I think the, the funnest movie? song is How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria. Okay. I think that's the funnest where, you know, whether or not it's ridiculous that it was her walk down the aisle song or not, it's still a really good song, and I liked it. Um, and it shows a lot about the character. But uh, I, I think the just straight up sound of music, like Opening the title track, music. yeah, big. I think that wins. Yeah, I'm, I like the Edelweiss. The Maria song is definitely like I'll never forget that song. Yeah. I love that cool. song. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a fav- uh, few of my favorite things just because it could play on the radio today. It does. You know, it so plays on Christmas yeah, time. Does, Beyonce yeah. could right. do a version of it, and it would could be a hit today. It's, it's, didn't didn't it's Ariana straight. Grande do like a cover type thing of it? There you go. Like, there, you think. Go. there you go. So I think that that one, that's the one that lives on. Yeah. Movie. And I think Doe Ray maybe again is the runner up. So that's sure. just kind of the, that's the silver medal across the board there. And right? I think but, that's great too. I think there's a lot of good ones, but I don't know. Nobody problems, solves a problem. Least like favorite song of the movie. Artie, you hit that with the... The Chamber um, song. Yeah, like the, 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 which I actually think is a good song because that's the song that plays in the end, in the closing credits. Uh, you climb every mountain. I actually think that's a boring song too. Sixteen yeah, on seventeen. It wasn't performed well. I'm with sixteen on seventeen. Yeah, sixteen on yeah, seventeen. That's, probably that's last place for me. Uh, yeah, the, you know the, what? There it's just a creepy. Performance. Right, you fu- don't get a performance of. You don't get an award-winning performance of the Climb Every Mountain song. There's a. It's a weak performance, and then like an ensemble performance right. at the end. The, the sixteen on seventeen song. I was wrapped up enough in the opening of the movie that that was fine. Like it wasn't even. I was just, just like, this is part of the movie. Yeah, you rolled with it. Yeah, all right. All right. And that's fair. But that's what, kind of what happened to me. But I, my hatred for If I for watch Ralph, it ten times, yeah. I'll probably be like, I don't need to watch this. I thing. think if they got a guy who wasn't an absolute clown next to Liesel, I think I would have been more on board with it. Ralph reminded I, me... I wanted to punch Ralph in the face the second he showed up at the front door yeah, with the he, telegram. Yeah, he was not... He was. The, I'm in totally in the Joey R world of LBP here at this one. He sucks. Ralph yeah, like reminded Ralph me sucks. of... And it doesn't matter. The, the performance didn't save anything no. as far as he's just I, a, I had a no, soft heel right. and kick rocks. He's, right. just, he's just a coward. He's just yeah. nothing but a, from point one, he's a misogynist and he's just a coward follower. Boy, he may no be the first LVP that we go back into the LVP discussion later on right. in the awards. I mean, I fucking hate him. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what, I didn't know where the movie was going. Like, I don't, re- I didn't remember that he's a giant coward. When he dropped that telegram off, I was like, This guy's going to be my LVP. We are at the Time Machine recast where we can put an actor into the DeLorean at any point of their career, bring them to 1965, put them in The Sound of Music. For example, if you were to put Robert Shaw in this movie, maybe (laughs) you would have him play Max. You know, and he was just, ah, we're going to take these kids on tour and, and drive the plot that way. So that might be our Robert Shaw role. But we each picked someone or maybe one or two people. I'm still debating a second. Okay, Joey, Joey needs more time. Artie, you want to you hop into? Or you want me to leave? I have two. Do you want me to give you one, and then we'll so, go around? And I'll give you another one. Or so you want I'm ready me to for give my first one. Just, just go. All yeah, right, just go with what you want. So want. the one, the one I had prepared, the one I just thought of, the one I just thought of is Rolf. I would recast him with the guy who plays Todd from Breaking Bad. Oh my God, that's a winner. That's excellent. Thanks, Kevin. That is excellent. <laughs> Nice just came to me. Just you came might to me. have just won this 
category so far in BBC. That was excellent. Oh, thanks, after man. after putting Steve Harvey in Slumdog Millionaire, <laughs> you've completely redeemed yourself. Well, it was between that and John Goodman well replacing Mother Margareta. So All those right. were the two. I'm just kidding about that. So um, the do you want the other one or you want to wait? Uh, keep going. You're on a roll. That's a that is that is an excellent thanks, excellent man. Choice. Thanks. I finally get the recast thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the other one is Hans Zeller. I replaced with Christoph Waltz. Okay. I did. I, it, yeah. You've already seen it him as works. a super yeah, Nazi. That, that not, kinda, a, not a teetotaler. Not a yeah. teetotaler. I, I think, be, I think little, he would add a little more life to the Hans Zeller character than that boring fatso yeah. that they picked. A little paint by numbers there. Which but, is, but, but, hey, but, hey, I got Todd, though. Got, I got Todd. Jesse Plemons. But what Christo- in that role. Christoph Waltz does not let that family go perform. Oh, no. Oh, and he's no. smiling the whole time. Oh, he's like, no. are you going to the theater? Are you? <laughs> As he's smiling. I'll follow you. Right. It'll be yeah. great. Right. Yeah, no the way problem is it. Christoph Waltz changes like, the, the, right. the resolution right. of the movie. Right. Like <laughs> Hans Zeller is a moron who gets duped. You know, I'm I'm yeah, not okay. saying Wait, I'm I'll not saying the character from Inglorious Bastards. I'm just saying the actor. Yeah, Christoph Waltz is too powerful an actor to be an idiot. <laughs> uh, Christoph Waltz, Christoph Waltz, and Jesse Plemons as Todd as Breaking Bad makes the bad guys much stronger in this right. movie. We're in trouble. <laughs> We're, the, the good guys are in trouble. Now it's a Clinton movie. Now you have two. <laughs> yeah, now, now it's a, you have two sociopaths. Maybe hey, maybe in the Rob Zombie remix. This is yeah, the Mr. Zombie hit us up. Here, here, so, <laughs> you've already casted. You've already so, done your job. Yeah, work. Rob. Gaga is Julie Andrews. Rihanna will Venmo you the budget, <laughs> oh. and we'll go from there. Gaga's Andrews in the Rob Zombie remake. Oh, my God. we're breaking ground today, guys. We're good. All right, uh, do you want me to go recast? Go uh, I'll go my first one. Okay. The Baroness. Okay. I thought Emily Blunt might be good there. Okay. Where she's like, you know, she's sort of an asshole, but ultimately she's very likable. Mm-hmm. I can see that. She's uh, not really yeah. bad in any She's right. I'm she's a always huge fan of her. She's always entertaining. I could see her getting bullied by the kids, but also enjoying their singing. And I could also see in her being like, you know what? And I could see her doing it better and more charming and not being unsure what side she's on. That's like, good. I think she'd actually commit to something that um, the actress who was the Baroness couldn't pull off. I think she would do much better at it. Okay, I like so, that. Uh-huh. I, and I tried to recast the Baroness and I struggled. Yeah. And then I thought for some... You know, when we were watching Mary Poppins, the Emily Blunt Mary Poppins came up and I was like, oh, that's weird. And I was like, actually, she'd be a great Baroness. Because I think her is the Baroness with as little screen time. I think we'd want more of the Baroness. True. If it was Emily Blunt. Yeah, the character of the Baroness in this, I you didn't want to, you didn't want to see her. You didn't want to hear exactly. her talk. Exactly. I think know? it's Emily Blunt. I'm like, I want to see Emily Blunt versus Julianne. She might be too likable, but she could be an asshole. Like in, in Devil's Wears Prada, she's a dick. I haven't seen the Devil's Wears Prada. Well, come on, it's a good movie. It. Is it? Movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it. It's good. Yeah. All right. It's not bad. Oh, love Anne Hathaway. Love Meryl Streep. Yeah. On. One, two punch. It's great cast. And Michael Scott loves it, so. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Get to be Armani. Get to be Armani on the phone. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then I have a second one as a kid. Okay, you're going into the kid world. Okay. Yeah. Uh, second one. Because Louisa, Louisa get, needs to get out of my face. Oh, you needed a new Louisa. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Smeagol? <laughs> no. McKenna Grace. Do you guys... She was in Haunting of Hill House. Okay. She was yep. a kid. She's been in a lot of things. Mike She's Flanagan been, Haunting yeah, Hill she, House. Yeah, she was in Fuller House, which whatever. But um, she was in one of the Annabelle movies, the Annabelle Comes Home, the latest you one. You like those She's, Annabelle movies. Love the right? Annabelle I movies. I heard yeah. they're good. I watch every one in the theater, and they're all really fun. Cool. She was really good in it. Uh, she was the young Captain Marvel in the Captain Marvel movie. The amount of horror tie-ins that we've put into yeah. Santa Music. I know, it's very... 
Either, either says a lot about us. Yeah, it's either impressive <laughs> right. or disturbing. And she, she was also young uh, Tanya Harding and I, Tanya. Okay. okay. This, she, she's like... Oh, she, she's good, yeah. She like plays her. every like adult actress who needs a kid. And then she, in Haunting of Hill House, I actually think she was by far the best kid. And better than some of the adults. So I'm going her as Louise. If he's Louise, he gets Denise to get out of my cool. face. That's okay, cool. so I... My recasts are, are similar roles. Hair Zeller, I thought needed more venom. That 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 bad guy had no venom, and there yeah, was no. That's why I cast Christoph Waltz. We just roasted Artie for this. That's a little too much venom. And, you know, he took, that's, that's, took Nazi position. He can play I, anything. I would like, I'd like Gary Oldman to play that role. Air Force One, Gary Oldman. Air Force One, Gary Oldman in that role. He fits the the stone faced. He's so tough and strong. Hans Zeller is a... I mean, we're both trying to do the same thing. We're both doing the same thing. I think it's the same Christoph Waltz problem. He would not not let them go sing. He's too smart for that. I don't believe Gary Oldman would ever be... But he's playing the role. Gary Oldman not an idiot. Right, that's what I was doing with Christoph Waltz. I'm not putting the 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 character from... We've seen him play a Nazi before. You haven't seen Gary Oldman play a Nazi, so he can play... We've seen Julie Andrews play a nanny who fixes a family, and we love it both times, you know, for most of the second time. Well, for for 50 minutes of the second time. For the other one. My next one also isn't super interesting. I wanted the Baroness... I, I put Renee Zellweger into that spot. She's kind of got that zip what, back oh, face. And, like, what, like, you know, what now like Renee Zellweger or like Empire um, Strikes Back? No. Jerry Maguire. Empire, yeah, no, Jerry Maguire. Early 90s Zellweger. See, if you're talking years, Zellweger. like Empire Records. Well, she's a younger. Renee, the Baroness is yeah. pretty young in it. So yeah. you got to go. But like you're going Empire, Empire Records. When, I'm on board with that 100%. No, I'm going, I'm like going like Bridget Jones. Okay. I'm going Bridget Jones. I think that actually works. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that works. I think that's smart. I, know, I didn't. And then when we're going into this, you re, since you recast one of the kids, I got this idea in my head with it too. Is it, and I didn't. I don't want to pick it right because I liked Liesel's role in it. But I just thought of someone today who could play Liesel. I went with. Um, Natalia Dyer, who plays the oh, Nancy okay. role Stranger Things. in yeah. Stranger Things, yeah, the, the oh, she'd be good in that. She kind of looks like her. She'd fit right into it. I think she'd be. I think she'd yeah. be, she's tough. Like she, yeah, she I put weight into the into those sixteen seventeen I, roles. I think she'd be. I think she would make the sixteen seventeen work. I don't know. She's if she not naive or not. You know, no, but in the yeah, I thought that that I I, I think that's smart. Okay, like this was our most seamless recasting so far. It's been a rocky road here these last five episodes between people. Between people recasting their MVPs to people recasting iconic horror villains to people putting Steve Harvey in movies to creating, making Bruno Mars an actor all of a sudden. We're, 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 we're getting together now. We're getting well, it was clear I didn't understand the prerequisites. For what, what did you think it was? Just I thought it was just whatever... What would want? It's been a that process. Make good radio, basically. Like <laughs> it's been a process for everyone. Legacy, we've talked about quite a bit already. This is a movie that's still super relevant today. You could yeah. turn the TV on; it might still be on. I mean, Disney Plus. It's one of the still one of the leading right. movies they 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 came out with when they launched the platform. I don't think that there's any debate that this is a relevant movie today, which is unbelievable. And we, Honestly, and it's a long movie. I wasn't bored. No, I was into no it. I watched it twice. Like I committed nine hours to this, and I was only bored for the second movie that I watched. You know, once. and it needs to be said, the runtime is intimidating. Like it's not a short movie, and I sat to I, the first half. I broke it up in two nights. I did. I did part one, part two, the first watch, and then I watched all things one. The first half, the first time, flew. flew. It flew, and I'm like, wow, this is like boom. I'm an hour into this movie in the blink of the eye. You know, the first. The beginning of it sets up a little bit, that's, and that's of the time, but it, 
No, I, I, I thought it, I thought it was super entertaining. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. So that brings us to the one to ninety-two conversation. A little tricky. We're, I think it's a little have, tougher. And I do want to, I do want to bring this up now because this category is going to start to change, right. and we're going to start to rebrand it a little bit as we've covered more of these movies. Right. And our, and this episode we're doing right now, this Sound of Music episode, episode fifteen, is a bit of a season finale for us. Right. We're not going to take any breaks. We're going to keep our regular scheduled deal. But our next episode coming out will be. The first 15, where we kind of revisit the ones we've done and rank them. It'll be myself, the two of you. It'll be Grant Z and Chris G. So the five of us, which is kind of the core group chat. We're going to sit and we're going to rank the ones that, that you guys have seen. I've been on all 15 episodes, so I'll rank the right. one through 15. You guys are going to rank the ones you have. We'll come up with some kind of composite list. I'm still working uh, on ideas for that. Even the guys right. who aren't going to be there to record right. are going to submit something too. So we'll, we'll have something out. So we'll have a 1 through 15 on the ones we covered. But in the 1 to 92, we're getting closer to being able to... We're getting really a framework for things, yeah. So, Artie, what, what do you think about with this one? Does this one seem like a front 45, a back 45? I have a feeling this one will end up somewhere in the middle. Okay. You know, because it's, it's got a lot of stuff I like. But there's a lot of movies that have a lot of stuff I like and then a little more. Mm-hmm. Um... It's good. I really like it. Uh, I was definitely impressed. I was overwhelmed. I thought it would be worse. I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the back end movies. You know, it's tough. I haven't seen all ninety two to to put to say where I think it'll end up. I'm going to say somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So I'm going to put you in the spot. But before you answer me, I'll go to Joey and see what he thinks. You've covered Departed. You've covered Broadway Melody. You've covered Slumdog Millionaire, and now you've covered this one. I want you to think about putting those forth. It'll be a little teaser into next week's ranking episode. All right. So I'll come back to you on that. Joe. Uh, I mean, I think legacy, I think a lot of different things. I'd say we're probably looking at like back end of the 20s, maybe early 30s probably ultimately where I'll end up as I'm thinking about things. Um, I might be being a little generous right now, but you know, as I'm thinking about things and as we prepare for next week, I think that's really where it's going to... I think that's probably where I'd have it fall ultimately... Yeah, I'm I in thirties myself. Yeah, uh, I was I was looking around the same, maybe late thirties, maybe yeah. early forties. But then early forties is it, it's easy to just throw everything into the forties because that's like the back of the front half that's, and the front of the back. That's half. why I so want to give it a little bit more credit. Only be 10 I want to in that. No, I want to say it's early thirties because I don't want to just kind of. I think it's better than just the middle. Yeah, and listen, this is a this is a movie that's in the AFI top one hundred. Right. So the all the the directors and filmmakers in the right. American Film Institute have voted it one of the top hundred movies of all time. Both both incarnations of the list. Right. It has the Julie Andrews performance, which is probably it's probably a top female performance All in time. any Oscar in any Oscar. Top, top of the top. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she doesn't win Best Actress in it, which is interesting enough, you know. But some of that stuff is within the year. Right. Some of it ages better than others and this one hasn't. I mean That's just a follow up to Poppins. Yeah. But I yeah, I think the thirties seems seems normal. I think but that's... as we do it, you never know. A movie creeps into the twenties. Right, like, listen, I mean, going my way is going to be so much higher than it has would I would have ever thought about months ago before we did it. And we're yeah. just kind of, you know, because I've, I've seen a lot of them. I haven't seen all of them. But, like, I've read the synopsis for the one that I haven't seen. So I kind of, I'm like, oh, maybe this is where I think. And going my way ended up shooting up way past where I thought that had any business doing. So we'll see. Yeah. There's always and surprises. Joe, you have covered One Flew of the Cougars, yes? Silence of the Lambs. You've covered Silence of the Lambs. Going my way. You've covered Rebecca. Going my way. Rebecca. And now, Sound of Music. I want to go to Artie first. Uh, where would it fall on that list? In the, in the four that you covered. Third. It would be third behind Departed and Slumdog. Yeah. 
Okay. Mine's easy. Yeah, because obviously Broadway comedies. But yeah, and Departed and Slumdog are two of my favorites. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and so yours is going to take a little more form when we start editing. One of the reasons I'm hesitant to say above the middle is I haven't seen some of the ones I think I might really like. like I haven't seen Deer Hunter. I haven't seen... Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, Platoon. Platoon. Like, yeah, I know yeah, I'm going to love these yeah. movies. Yeah. I just haven't seen them yet. Platoon's so. going to be up there. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm holding Platoon's off great. on... It might be in the 30s when I see some of these right. older ones, but I, don't, I, I know I have a bunch I already really like. Yeah. It's amazing we have not covered a war movie I yet. know. I'm really excited there for the so war many movies. War movies. There's going to be some stretch where we do like five in a row. Yeah. yeah. And I can't I wait for that yeah, stretch. Yeah. Come up. Oh, Joey, where, so you think third. it would finish third behind? Silence of the Lambs and Cuckoo's Nest. Okay, and ahead of Rebecca. Ahead of Rebecca. And ahead of... Going My Way. Going My Way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. We'll get a little more sense of what the list is with the other ones that you aren't on next week when we do the the first 15 episode very excited very excited yeah, if nothing really else it's gonna be a that's gonna be a blast time. yeah the five of us oh, uh, yeah. uh the, gr- the group chat come to life very very interesting the, the three sections now before we go into mary poppins and we go one to five on the th- what, what we've kind of dubbed as like the three main components of a of of movie making the performances how the movie's shot how the story's told. Performance is here. One to five. Does it get the five out of five? I'll give it a four for the aforementioned reasons that you brought up about the nun not being able to, able to perform that pivotal scene. Mm-hmm. When you have a pivotal scene and the actor can't perform the scene, you can't give it a five. Yeah. I think it has that top-end performance as the, the real solid child acting. Some bland performances on some of the middle like I think the Like, yeah. I think yeah. the Baroness, I think 90% bland. of Max... Bland. Yeah, I think they really... Or Zeller. Or Zeller. Like, I think where yep. Julie, Andrew, Julie Andrews and Plummer are just so excellent. Yeah, they I carry think, it. I think there's just too much kind of... Like, the Baroness kind of mails it in. That's why we need Emily Blunt. Yeah, the lineup isn't filled out there. Right. You don't have, a, you don't have anyone supporting in the middle but of the But those two are so good, it can't be lower than a four. Yeah. Right. No, it can't be lower than a four. can't be a five, though. Right. Because How the movie is shot... I'll throw the five out of five yeah, out of I'm, here. I'm a five. That first yeah. scene, I, I, that first scene takes it from my me. favorite yeah. thing to my favorite thing to pay attention to in movies and to, like that I really appreciate is cinematography, and it's a five. Yeah, five. Yeah, and and if it's not going up against David Lean, it wins. Right. Just, uh, I'm not listening to arguments about this. Yeah, right. cinematography is one thing. Like within three minutes of watching a movie, you can tell if the movie's going to be well made or not, right. based on how the shots are. I mean, the first thirty seconds, you're like, oh, I'm in. Oh, the, the opening scene, and then they cut to the hills are alive, and I turned to my wife, and I'm like, I didn't know this was the opening scene. I love this song now. This fits. Like, you see the hills, and then she sings about it, and then, you know, I love that. And then finally, the story, how it's told, thematics, tying everything in. It's interesting in a musical, because now you gotta get, got to add the music into right. how the story's told, too, which I think as far as musicals go. This nails it. That I'm going to say a five. I'm good with a five. You're going to have a pacing issue, right? No. Oh. No. The re- I'll um, give you the reason for a five, real quick. Okay. For my opinion, right. for because I'm 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 at a four. Sell me on the five. Okay. Musicals are usually you know very much the music stops the movie and you sing and dance and whatnot. This is part of the the, the whole every song makes story sense. of the movie. Yeah, there it's part of the story. It's part of the script. It's not stopping the movie to sing and dance. It's you're in the movie and the singing happens. It's not a. It's it's more of a. I don't know. It's not a traditional. It's a very traditional musical, but it doesn't feel like a traditional musical. It's better it feels than, like a traditional musical within an epic movie. Right. It's it's not. Yeah, it's not a musical at the expense of an acted movie. Right. Yeah. It's, okay. So it's both. 
here's where I'm going with this. In the world of it being pit up against these other movies, it's a four. Some of the reasons I discussed, I thought that it was a little top heavy. I thought the last act was a little rushed. It was, the, it, and then, you know, the themes and whatnot, there's themes in there and they're, you know, they're heartwarming and they're, it's a good family tale, but I, it, there's nothing really cutting to the core uh, as, far as, as far as what I prefer in watching a movie. One of the other reasons yeah. I'll throw a five out there is making a musical be an epic best picture winner is, a, is harder than making a standard movie. Yep, and, and that's going to lead into the second half of my statement, which is, in the world of musicals, this is absolutely a five. Yeah. It's absolutely a five in how it stories. And I will go as far to say, one, it's the best musical, best picture winner, easily, in my opinion. Out of the ones that we're going to cover, it is the best musical. I thought that when I first saw it. I reconfirmed that when I watched it this past time, and then having this discussion, I'm now very it's unbelievable. I love yeah. other opinions out there. If someone out there wants to come in and... And give us another idea. That's great. I think that this is nuts and bolts. And I will go as far to say that this is the best dramatic musical of all time. With the pretense that that certain as to what a musical is, as to like can a musical be taken a Broadway, what is I, I think that Stars Born would be the asterisk. Right. If we're saying Stars Born is a true musical, which I would argue it might not be, that would be my my contender. But I think that that all things considered, we also haven't really seen the legacy of that Stars Born movie. We're we're very close to it. I think that I think that this is the best dramatic musical of all time. It's an unbelievable musical. I, I'm not gonna. I think it's really good. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not a musical guy. I can't see how a musical could be better than this. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I think you're working for equivalent. Yeah. 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 And it's just everyone knows. You say right. the sound of music, nobody's like, "What's that?" Right. Everybody knows what you say. It has, it's you it's, say it. People like people. You know, I talk to who listen. They're like. We, Oh, it's not a music. Oh, good. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, they may not have seen it, but they know what it is. Okay. Covered that real well, General. We're going to talk Mary Poppins now before we go through the other nominees in the year 1965. We always do it at the very end. Mary Poppins, Artie, I'm going to let you lead with this one because you were taken back by the movie. It was... Yeah, so I started this. I watched this before Sound of Music. So, because I figured I'd warm me up for, you know, the epic. The first... Like, 15, 20 minutes is just marvelous. It's a masterpiece. It's it's phenomenal in every way. The first 50 minutes is awesome. Love the whole first half of the movie. Then it gets a little, like, let's show off the special effects, sing-song dance for, like, an hour straight. And the story really takes a backseat to the singing and dancing. And that's, like, what I don't like about musicals. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a little, like, 10-minute thing at the end where it kind of gets back into being a story and that's cool but where i don't want to talk for you joy but you're into the the dancing ensemble scenes and normally i do yeah this i think the first 50 move, minutes of this is mostly excellent little weird stuff here and there but from the first second of the movie until the whole family singing the super califragilistic song and the maids and stuff and the dad gets mad i think up through that point are excellent I think it falls apart after that. Normally, like the chimney sweep song is something I would be all about. I would have, watching that, that's what yeah. I'm like. Oh, this is a this is like a Gene Kelly Joey right. Like here. usually, right up my alley. I was like, this is too long. It's so irrelevant like, too. Because yeah, it really took me out of it. Like the song about feeding the birds, the song where they're all screaming at the kid about investing his tuppence. Tuppence. You know what's crazy too is tuppence. Walt Disney said "Feed the Birds" is his favorite song of all time. Well, also, I, that does not surprise me. 
That doesn't that blew my me. mind. Yeah, that does not surprise me. I'll, I'll go into why, but I do want to say, coupling off what Joey just said, I have a, my relationship with this movie is as a kid. When I was growing up, this movie was on all the time. It was a movie that we had put in front of us that we watched all the time. Okay. Like, I remember the nannies blowing away with the wind. That's Maybe like the scene of this movie. Loud. That's the scene of the movie that I remember. Right. I just, as a kid, I was just like fascinated with this. Like, whoa, as, this is kind of heavy. Like, what, as, what's, uh, ha- what's gonna happen to them? Like, uh, that, one got, that one got up like 40 feet. Like, the best was the one who just ball. was holding on and yeah, you see like, it's like geez, but as an adult, last night, she lands in a tree or a bush, she drops on the pavement. She better hope it lands on one of those pictures she gets sucked into. Last night, laughing my ass off at that I thought that was amazing so, I remember that well I remember the book but what I also remember very very well and I have not seen this movie since I was a kid I, it's been many many years so it, I just did, have not watched this even as a teen let alone as an adult the two scenes that I remember turning me off to the movie that like, when I was a kid I was like alright I'm going to the other room or something I can't deal with this it was the chimney sweeps dancing on the roof which once goes on too long too long it's too much it was like as a kid I'm like it's boring and the pigeons and the homeless yeah. women, I just kind of remember just being like, Ugh. this is a little much for me right now. When I they, was just playing with my Legos. And right. now this is like... When they come out, they're like, oh, that's her. Now, as yeah, an right? adult... She's there. As an adult... Why, did, why Home Alone 2 stole that? Yeah. I'll tell you what, as an adult, oh. I thought that that was the most beautiful song in the movie. And I thought it was... I think the word toppins is extremely weird. And I, I, I find I it... I kind of want to start using I it. I find it yeah. uncomfortable to hear. Like, it's a strange word. Tuppins. It's a weird word to say. I, I want to get my tuppins to the bat. Like, it's a weird word. And it rhymes with poppins, which is a little too much. I thought well, that song... Well, it's the accent. It's tuppins. I, I thought but the, the accent turns the it. The snow globe. I thought the way it was shot. It was dark in the right way. I really thought it was actually kind of beautiful. I thought it was a beautiful scene. I... I thought it I might thought have it been kinda... a hero. I'm gonna, I'll be the first to use the heavy-handed. It might have been a little heavy-handed with what they were trying to say, but I, I kind of thought that Julie Andrews really. Just, I think she was just, very talking about it. like Simon Cowell, like like the meme right. of him like leaning <laughs> on his hands and like and like puttering his eyes. Like, I'm not taking she, away from her. I just think it didn't work in the movie. It, like it took me out of it. it like I was just as, well, as a kid, it, it took me out of right, the movie. It, as, as as plain as day, right. it took me out of the and movie. Again, as an adult, like I. First, first, I get flashbacks as a kid, like, oh, God, I remember not liking this. We're going back now. We're going back. But I, I actually thought it was beautiful. Yeah, I, I, and it does not surprise me that Walt Disney thought that that was one yeah, of the I most mean, beautiful and, I thought know, it was beautiful. I was telling everybody, you know, I'm telling everybody, like, like, oh, doing Sound of Music. Everybody's like, oh, Sound of Music. And I kept, and I was telling people, oh, hey, oh we're going to watch Mary. Oh, Mary Poppins is boring. Yeah. Uh, but I think the first 50, 60 minutes is so it's, good. It's so well done. Now, I do. I think Dick Van Dyke's inconsistent and absolute terrible accent really just. Made so there's me a little. Because I love there. Dick Van Dyke. I got a little info for I you. I love now, it. Joey. You went there first because I'm going there too. But let's go. I got a little go. info for you. Okay. So apparently his was it his accent coach. He said his accent coach was like had the worst accent ever. Like he wasn't a good accent <laughs> coach. He's like I couldn't understand what this guy was saying to me. But also, he was an alcoholic during this whole thing. Yes. So, five seconds into this movie, I'm looking... When I see him, five seconds into his scenes, they zoom in on his face. They do some close mm-hmm. face shots. His eyes are glassy as hell. I'm like, this guy's clearly drinking. It was the first movie he ever danced in, too. And he had never danced in a he movie. He was awesome. And him and Julie Andrews, I really like together. Just the accent. I was like, how come... This word has an accent. That word doesn't have an accent. This time, Mary Poppins. <laughs> oh, I know. And then the next like time, he's, cartoon. Then the next time he's talking like a guy from Missouri. Like I was like, what are we doing here? The uh, landscaper Willie in The Simpsons. Incredible. Does yeah. it 
Way better. I'm a maniac. I'm the, I'm a man on the floor. He says it in the most ridiculous <laughs> all, like accent. We all watched the Simpsons Sherry, Sherry, Sherry Bobbins episode. Mary Poppins. Nope. I'm completely different. Yeah. Copyright. Simpsons, copyright rules. Simpsons Califragilistic is what they. Yeah, Simpsons right. Califragilistic. Uh, if you yeah. cut every corner, it's <laughs> so, just when the room explodes. Yeah, they leave the Maggie pops out. The and then at the end, she's like, "What did I teach you?" He's like, I, "I just want a beer. Can you just get me a beer?" <laughs> very, like a very dark Simpsons. She <laughs> wait, wait, very she, dark. Like, she shows up, and this character has bags under her eyes the entire episode. Yeah. She is the second she shows up, she has bags under her eyes. Mrs. Downfire. I, I, <laughs> Oh my god. Homer trying to pull the pull the hair. I'm Mrs. Of Pennywinkle. Oh, I'm Mrs. Pennywinkle. I saw Mrs. Downfire. She's like, Homer, we're it's never gonna find a nanny. Oh my god. And then yeah, we got, got, a, got ahead of Austin Powers with the uh It's not a woman, it's a man, baby. Oh yeah. Uh, this I think it's a shame that today. As a society, we've forgotten the genius of The Simpsons from the early 90s. I, oh, yeah. I make the argument all the time that The Simpsons is genius and people yeah, roll their it, eyes. It just, oh, it I is. think that if we went back and watched some of those as like a society and yeah. realized that... How good the first... And that's like, there's no Family Guy or South Park without The Simpsons. The they, first, no, 100%. It's, it's just pure genius with what, what they did. But here's where I'm going with, with, with old DVD, uh, Dick Van Dyke. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the lip syncing here. Horrific, horrific lip syncing in this. Like it, it, he's, and and I'll tell you what. In, I watched the sound of music first, and then Mary Poppins after. At no point, at no point in the sound of music, did I look at this and see actors singing to a track. And I brought up in in going in the Going My Way episode that there were moments of Bing Crosby where it was very clear he was singing along to a recording of Bill, of Bing Crosby singing. Right. I was sucked in to the performance of these people, and I'm watching them sing, even. The nun scene that, Artie, that you brought up as your LVP, like, I didn't, I, I was like, oh, this one isn't good, but I didn't think lip-syncing because they did a good job of hiding it until the research afterwards where I'm like, oh, okay, that makes some sense. The Dick Van Dyke was blatantly lip-syncing, and it stuck out like a sore thumb to me, right, right face value, boom, in my face, and that hurts the movie for me. I'm sorry, that, that hurts, the or at least his performance alone, and... I want to be lost in the movie, and uh, something someone like Julie Andrews is is uh, she was like, yeah, where she, you're, she was unbelievable. It. But yeah, my so, problems so with the movie are not DVD her. DVD hurt me there. So I, I actually did, thought he was I, great. I, I thought he was fun in it. I liked yeah. him as Especially the one man band. I liked him as the one man band. I liked him as the artist. I liked him in the in the picture when they were in yeah. the cartoon. I, I think the, he was yeah, great. The, the Who Frame Roger right. Rabbit uh, style cartoon stuff with the live action. Yeah, I thought that was great. One for visual effects. Right. Was nominated for. Like thirteen awards, twelve Oscars. Yeah, yeah, thirteen or something. Yeah, it's crazy. The other thing I absolutely loved is the dad. I thought the dad was. If we're taking Mary Poppins out of it, I thought the dad was the MVP. He's awesome. I, he is just. I, I I was like my eyes were glued to the screen with this guy. I'm like this guy. I, I don't know if this guy sucks so bad that I can't watch this or I can't take my eyes off the screen. This is amazing. Like the the scene where he introduces himself. Oh my God! You know, How's yeah. the world of finance? He's like, oh, the penny is never good. The dollar is never good as it's ever been. He walks through, and then he sings the song. Like, talk sings the yeah. song. The lyrics are so fucking outrageous. <laughs> I have them here, and I'm going to I'm going to attempt to read them. I I because I couldn't help myself. Like it, it was I close captions. So I'm like, I gotta write this down. So. He, he walks to the door. Meanwhile, let's keep in mind that the wife is trying to tell him that their children are, are missing. missing. They're, 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 they're unaccounted for. 
They were, yeah, they ran they off, a and the nanny gave up on them, and they, they could be just kidnapped right. at this point. It sounds like it's happened pretty often. And he often barges through the door and doesn't care. I feel a surge of deep satisfaction, much as a king astride his noble steed. When I ter- return from my day of strife to my hearth and wife, how pleasant is the life I lead. I run my home precisely on schedule. Schedule. At 6.01, I march through the door. My slippers, sherry, and pipe are due at 6.02. Consistent is the life I lead. So this fucking guy barges through the door at 6.01 on the dot every day. At 6.02, he's in his slippers, his pipe is ready, and he's got a fat glass of sherry. And he doesn't give a shit if his kids are missing. I mean, it's just, it's and then just he murders, it's outrageous. Then he it's murders outrageous. old man Dick Van Dyke and gets a promotion. And the best part, the best part is when he's done with the consistent is the life I lead. The wife goes, the kids are missing. He goes, splendid, splendid. And then he goes into his ex-nurse. <laughs> splendid, yeah, splendid. And then he just talks about how it's grand to be an Englishman in 1910, <laughs> which is the age of men. You know? Unbelievable. It's just incredible. Yeah, and that would awesome. be my Robert Schwab role too. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's just, just great oh, stuff. Awesome. Great stuff with uh, with with it's, it's an awesome movie. It really is an awesome movie. It's it's another half one that is. I really love the beginning. Uh, it's it's fifteen to twenty minutes too long, for sure. It's fifteen to twenty minutes too long. Forty five. Forty. <laughs> <laughs> the second half is too long. Putting Dick. Okay, when Uncle Albert is floating, I was like, this is. Dumb. And then when Dick that Van was too D- much. Then when Dick Van Dyke in the ma- makeup was floating and died, and then the son was like, "But he died happy. Here's a promotion." Oh, God, that guy, first of all, I thought the old guy was it's Dick Van Dyke. It's Dick Van Dyke. Oh, Dick Van Dyke plays the old yeah. banker too. You want to hear something? Dick Van wow. Dyke, the street sweeper. Did is, not know wait, that. wait. Dick Van Dyke, the street sweeper, is Dick Van Dyke, the old man's son, and Mary Poppins used to be their nanny. He probably had an artistic drive, and Mary Poppins encouraged it. Now he lives on the street. He won't work in the bank. And but he has all these different jobs. Money. Right. But that's why he has, like, five jobs. Right. Yeah. Because wow. he needs to draw and sing and dance. And Mary Poppins... T- do not let Julie Andrews wash your kids. If you have... <laughs> If you have rules or discipline, she will show well, up, turn that on wait. their head. Yeah, he follows his artistic drive. He lives on the street and is a chimney sweeper who asks for money. Artie, Mary, uh, Mary Poppins' best line in uh, – Julie Andrews' best line in Mary Poppins. What is it? Oh, the dad – they come home from the, the chimney st- – the kids are covered in like soot, They're just all right? – It's a disaster. The house is a disaster. And she, and the dad's trying to get mad at her and she goes, how dare you? And he's like, what? And she's like, I never explain myself to anyone and then just marches away like – He's your employer. He can fire <laughs> you. Like not, you were... She's not having a, a ton of success in 2020, baby. Oh. Like, I don't explain myself right. to anyone. So and like, well, you're canceled. And the right. captain leaves in The Sound of Music, and all hell breaks loose. She's like, we're going to break every rule. You're going to wear the drapes. We're going to wear <laughs> we're gonna mean, go to town. They drive in, they're just all hanging from the trees. Yeah, they're literally... Uh, mu- I, I'll, I think that Julie Andrews... I think that Maria Julie Andrews is a much better nanny than... Oh, yeah. oh Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. Mary Poppins, I need every other Tuesday off. Why, you need to re-up on whatever keeps you happy all the time. But then I leave when the wind changes. Wind yeah. changes, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Um, another issue I have with this one is the kids suck in this one. Like, this is the kids. Yeah, the kids are just trash. Just, you know what's funny? It's like, two, I think this is like the fourth movie they've been in together. They were in a bunch of movies before this. Else, yeah, yeah no, guess what? We don't know what they are. Know any early 60s movies that weren't up well, the best it sounds picture. like you do. Like, no, yeah, I, just, you I looked up facts about Mary Poppins and said they'd done a bunch of movies together before. Wow. 
Probably... I thought the kids were fine in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't, didn't believe that they were children. They were soulless children of the corn. <laughs> was, was children of the corn one of the ones they reprised? That's what I was going off of. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I thought that could have been that could have been. I could, you know, they could have tr- they could have done a lot better. They just again, they not just don't really seem like troublemakers. To but me. you know, the scene, right, exactly. Like, like, oh, we chased our kite because yeah, we made, because uh, our dad uh, won't. Uh, uh, same thing with By the way, Mary Kate's advice to the whole family and the dad is literally, you know what? You should just go fly a kite. Yeah, go on. Don't do anything. Just go a fly kite. a kite. At least the mom great, was great at least fighting for women's song. suffrage. They least. probably just threw that in. And the dad's against it. Yeah, you know he doesn't another, support the cause. Genius. It's 1910. The age of men. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's that, that's a cool like little juxtaposition they threw in there. It's uh, fun, fun stuff. Uh, I Listen. It may be 40 minutes too long, but I will take two hours and 20 minutes of Mary Poppins over three hours of My Fair Lady any day of the week. I know you disagree, Joe, but same Is that year, how long My Fair Lady is? Three long. hours. Oh, two hours gosh. and 55 minutes. One of my favorite things about Mary Poppins is the backstory, the mythology of it. Like, yeah. cool. she's, she doesn't have an origin. Yeah. Like, she just comes out of nowhere. She has She knows magic somehow. So what are your other jobs? Oh, I don't believe in giving references. Like, yeah. imagine you showed up to a job and acted this way. I mean, way. she completely manipulated that man into hiring her. Yeah. And by the way, she takes the kids out on a walk. They meet this, you know, Bert. They go into this painting. And then they abandon the kids and go sing and dance with penguins for like 30 minutes. <laughs> well, Where are the kids during this They're scene? on the carousel for a half hour. The whole time? They're going to be so nauseous. And Bert, uh, Bert has a familiarity with the penguins. Yeah. Because Mary Poppins was his nanny. He's been there. Yeah, that's that's cool. I didn't yeah. know yeah. any of that or anything, but that makes makes total sense. Yeah, that's what I mean. The backstory of Mary Poppins yeah, is almost interesting. as interesting as the... I think it's probably more interesting now, I, I'm than... I'm sorry. <laughs> Put like, your money in the train! It's like Game of Thrones. Right, the backstory so, is way more interesting. I kind of just watched this one for entertainment here, so I didn't go... So forgive me for, for asking a little um, plot explanation here. What's my dude doing up there with the cannon? What is he? What's the? Is he's testing the wind with? The I cannon, think or what? Um, Disney was showing how loud they can make movies. But yeah. What, but, what, but what was he doing though? Like, what was the explanation? He's delusional he and thinks his house is a boat. He right. thinks that the the people dancing on the roof <laughs> so are at six are o'clock he fires the cannon every day. And yeah, just positions. Put uh, double powder. <laughs> but they were saying he yeah. did something to like them like. Wait, when he fires the rocket at the end at the chimney people, there are literally just fireworks jammed in a cannon. <laughs> like, like, like the wily e. Coyote fireworks. He's like, testing the weather or the wind or something. He was giving, they, they, well, because he acknowledges when it turns because, west and east. Because he, he's sailing. He's giving the weather to, like, the mainlanders. But that was all about that. Mary Poppins because she, she moves with the wind. Right. So when the wind changes, so that's the whole point of that. She's super vain, by the way. Like, she's up on a cloud. Just pampering herself, looking at herself. She she comes to the kid's house. They have a mirror. She's like, this won't do. Yeah. I like to see my whole face at once. It's like, what are you, like a, like a, she's, what the hell is it called? Like a succubus? Like, a, what are you, like some ancient demon? I tried to look up ancient mythological demons that couldn't wear red. Because apparently, um, uh, PJ Travers, the woman who wrote, that's the woman, right? Yeah. Or is it man? The woman who wrote uh, Mary Poppins. Said to Walt Disney, no, think, she could never wear red, never ever wear red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always, I just googled it, wondering if there was a backstory. Does she to wear it. red? At, what the whole the, movie, she's in red. Yeah. yeah, but she was fighting Walt Disney oh, on that. She's like, she can't wear well, red. She saw the movie and was mortified. She's like, I she hate hated this. it. She's like, this is not what I we talked about. Okay, guys, we're at the end of the old hall here. As we always say in the beginning, this is not a who should have won podcast, but we do like to go through the other best picture nominees, even if we haven't seen them. 
read the synopsis and go through. Before we do that, we did have one other user question on Twitter, and it's from Jeffrey Care. Jeffrey Care asks, had The Sound of Music received a Best Adapted Screenplay nomination, which film in the lineup that year do you think it could have replaced? So, as we say in like the in the in the top of this, like, and I'm just gonna, it makes sense to just come out and say I'll, I'll handle this one right here. Is I haven't seen the other movies that were nominated for adapted screenplay. The winner, Doctor Zhivago, is the only one that I've seen. So the other ones, A Thousand Clowns, Cat Baloo, Ship of Fools, The Collector. I haven't seen them. I wasn't able to watch them before this this podcast, unfortunately. And as we say in the opening, you know, we're not experts here with this. So while I have seen all the winners, I haven't seen a lot of the nominees. While a lot of the co-hosts have seen many of the winners, there's some they haven't seen. There's some that they've seen that I haven't seen. You know, we, we've done our best here. I wish at the end of the day I could have seen every movie. I will say this, and guys, I, you can comment on this too. I didn't watch The Sound of Music and necessarily thought that a screenplay nomination was absolutely necessary. You know, I think we even said earlier in this quiz that we had a little tough time finding a quote. Like, this movie didn't scream to me, and it was nominated 10 times for other awards, it didn't scream to me, oh, this definitely deserves a screenplay nomination. I know that they took it from a couple different materials and they had to kind of merge it, but they changed some things that maybe weren't yeah. historically factual or what, I, I don't know. Does this strike you as one that, like, oh, this screenplay needs to be rewarded? It's hard to say when you haven't seen the other movies, but um, I thought the script was strong. I liked the dialogue. Yeah. Um, it was hard to pick a best quote because there was a lot of good quotes. None were truly, like, pivotal. The pivotal points were more, like, scenes or songs. Right. Musics. The yeah. song. So, like, having a quote was hard. Um, I, I, I like the script. Yeah, I, okay, so this, this was I liked potentially an award-winning one. For yeah, you. I thought it was good, especially coming from... You know, something coming from a book about a situation where they kind of had to adjust things. And, you know, I, I, think, it, I think it was a good job. I, I think it's definitely worthy of the nomination. Yeah, which it didn't get. The guy who did the adapted screenplay was uh, Ernest Lehman, who did North by Northwest. Joey, I know that's one of Which was, to. yeah, North by Northwest, which was something else I watched for the Rebecca episode, which... Yeah, and... Worth watching. Um, Dr. Zhivago won, and that's one I have seen. And, you know, I think that, you know, Robert Bolt did that, and Robert Bolt... Wrote A Man for All Seasons, which we covered last week, and also wrote one of my favorite movies of all time, Lawrence Arabia. So oh, it's really? Tough, oh, to, tough to take one away oh, from, wow. of him there, yeah. A, so, um, how do you write that? Yeah, he's on that, he's on that team lead, <laughs> you know, so uh, it's tough to take that one away from there. So, Man for All Seasons and Lawrence Arabia. But here's where we got, and Jeff, thanks for the question. Jeff uh, runs a blog and a podcast too, Jeffrey Care. Uh, at Jeffrey Care at Twitter. Care is spelled K-A-R-E. You check him out too. And thank you for contributing. We always appreciate that. Joey, we're going to do the, uh, you're going to lead us off here with the first nominee here. So first, we're looking at uh, A Thousand Clowns. It won this year for Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Martin Balsam. Um, and quick synopsis, a middle-aged iconoclast doggedly avoiding the tedium of employment and conventional life faces the prospect of losing custody of his young ward. So essentially, a 12-year-old nephew moves in with a offbeat adult and a social worker gets involved and it's the whole story. So this there. is Big Daddy. A little bit more chaotic. And 60s older. version. Sounds 60s Big Daddy. Sounds like Big Daddy. With, with less humor. But a supporting actor one, so you know, good for them. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, next Ship of Fools. Ship of Fools, directed by Stanley Kramer, starring Vivian Lee. A varied group of passengers boarding a ship 
bound for pre-World War II Germany, represents a microcosm of early 1930s society. Haven't seen Ship of Fools, haven't seen A Thousand Clowns. Seems like this is the, the time in movie making. The 60s is a weird decade, but it seems like you get a lot of these, like, they're, do, they're just post-World War II, they're making these movies, they don't, they're not quite sure... I, I don't know. None of, neither of those movies personally sound like a lot of movies about the, a lot of movies about the past in the sixties. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Ship of Fools won Best Cinematography Black and White. They split up the cinematography right. Black and White and Color that year, and it won uh, Art Direction Black and White. Also split up Black and White to Color. Both those awards went to Doctor Zhivago. Yeah. Joey, did, oh yeah, already. I was just gonna say, did Sound of Music win editing Best Editing? Do we know? Because Robert Wise uh, edited Citizen Kane, the director. Of uh, it, Sound of Music? It did win film editing, yes. It did, okay. Yeah, the guy is like, like a master of editing. Yeah. So next, next we're looking at Darling. Um, it actually won Best Actress in a Leading Role, Julie Christie, Best Writing, Story and Screenplay, uh, Frederick Raphael, and Best Costume Design, Black and White, Julie Harris. So again, it took home some... Some awards. It took home some awards. Um, directed by else? John Schlesinger, uh, Julie Christie, and Lawrence Harvey are the stars. And then it's... Uh, Quick synopsis, beautiful but amoral model Diana Scott sleeps her way to the top of the London fashion scene at the height of the swinging 60s. Swinging 60s. I would watch that. 7.1 on uh, IMDb. Artie, any, anything? On that? <laughs> it's hard going over the nominees from yeah. 1965. Yeah, know? if you haven't seen them. I don't I mean, know any of them. So, And I just love it. There's always, like, you always imagine there's someone who's seen all these and sitting there just going, <laughs> Oh, they're belittling a thousand clowns! Sorry, we haven't seen the movies. We don't mean to belittle them. Uh, if they're good, tell us on Twitter and Instagram, yes, and we'll, we'll check them out. Yeah, well, I mean, We're, yeah, I know. I mean, I'll speak for you guys. I'm never above watching any movie. I make a list. Oh, yeah. I'll put it on it. If right, one hundred percent. If somebody, if you, somebody says, "Hey, Darling's great," you're missing out. I'll give Darling a we'll shot. On the list. Yeah. Don't please. That's what we want. The feedback. Yeah. And finally, and I would imagine that this was the runner-up. It's a David Lean directed film. We've mentioned a few times throughout this podcast it's dr zhivago and dr zhivago starring omar sharif and it's the life of a russian physician and poet who although married to another falls in love with a political activist's wife and experiences hardship during world war one and then the october revolution so it's a it's a russian revolution movie it's it's teen lean. It's got his whole crew. It's got his writer. It's got a cinematographer. It's got Omar Sharif. It's got Sir Alec Guinness. It has all the all all the, pl- the main players in every David Lean movie. Um, Russian Revolution to me. Rod Steiger also in that one too. A Russian Revolution is just not something I know a whole lot about. And I watched I watched I rewatched Doctor Zhivago last night, and it's a movie that I like a lot. I totally understand why people don't like it. It's super long. It's very slow at times. When it comes to David Lean, like I'm, I'm just, I'm just a season thick. I'm just on board. Like I'm on board with David Lean. When he does something, I just love it. You know, so I sit there and I'll mark out for it. Like I don't care. Like I'll, I'll he's, he's. I love he's, that. Yeah, he's made this three and a half hour movie, and I'm just gonna watch it and like it. And if you don't like it, that's fine. <laughs> right. You know, we all have those it. people that we're all in. Yep. That's completely good. Yeah, yep. and it, it's one. You know, it's three hours and seventeen minutes. And it's, it's three hours short. and seventeen minutes. That feels like five hours and seventeen minutes. I, I'll, I'll admit that. And it's just—it's kind of one of those like I think like when I watched it and liked it the first time, I just assumed that everyone liked it. And then when over the years, I've heard people be like, "Oh no, 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 that one's not as good." 
you know, it's like a, it's like an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So there's, and it's, that's probably a good number for it. But I, you know, I don't know. I, I like it a lot. I'm okay with it not winning over Sound of Music. I think at the end of the day, Sound of Mu- Music's probably an easier watch. But I mean, listen, if you like David Lean's movies, I think Dr. Zhivago is a good one to check out. It's available on HBO Max. Oh, it is? And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. It's, it's a long one, though. You know, it's, get, strap yourself. Is there a nice intermission? You know, there's an intermission. There's, a, there's an intro, the old, uh, the, and, a, and an exit with the symphonies and all that. Lawrence Varabia, he takes you to the desert and makes his entire camera crew and staff live in the desert. This one, he takes you up to the mountains, you know, and, and you go from hot to cold. So, that's yeah, David Lean. Is, Listen, is he's nut. committed. He's a nut. Yeah. Yeah, but. he's awesome, gentlemen. We've reached the end. A lot of fun. I know. I, I know. If if you if I told you a year ago, you'd both be sitting down and analyzing Julie Andrews movies over a forty eight hour period, and we'd be sitting sitting in the in the Artie home studio here today. That uh, you'd probably look at me like I had four heads, but we did it. I enjoyed it. Closing thoughts, Joe. I'm Liesl. <laughs> Artie. Closing thoughts for us. I really like the musical. That's it. We got him. The conversion. I didn't begins. think we'd get him, but we got him. That's it. Next is A Star is Born. And then we write the Rob Zombie Sound of Music reboot. Before you know it, I'll be listening to Eric Church. <laughs> well, if I ever get you on country music, I'm going to retire. <laughs> but, all right, that, retire uh, from what? I just uh, retire. <laughs> just retire from, me to do yeah, things? Yeah, I guess so. All right, everyone. Joey. Artie. I had a blast. Uh, Lisa, blah, blah. Good night. Thank you so much. We'll see you for the rankings app next week. It will be interesting. Avliza, blah, blah, goodbye. I'm lethal.